Hello, I am 3XL and this is the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast. If you don't like spoilers, turn away now. If you don't like jerk-offs talking about nothing in particular, turn away now. If you are a decent human being, turn away now. If you are still listening, you deserve the torture. Here's Jim and Eric to give it to you. Fantastic Weird Science DC Comics Podcast, Weird Out Loud. Well, welcome back, you old son of a gun. I'm Eric Shea. And I'm Jim Warner. It's about to get weird in here with episode 19. You like that? (laughs) That was great. What the (laughs) hell was that? Oh, no, man. I was just playing with something. Mm, We were playing all right. All right. (laughs) Episode 19. Yes. Here we are. How's your day going? So far, it's all right. Not doing much. Yeah, we're recording again on Sunday. I don't like doing that. We were about to record last night, and my mic was broken. Completely destroyed. Yep. I don't know what happened. I plugged it in. No power. Kept going. And somehow, I have a itching feeling that it was my 14-year-old son who likes to do Twitch videos with it and completely destroyed it somehow. Did, did you hit him? No. Oh, okay. I did not. I went to go get a Switch. <laughs> a la Adrian Peterson, and I, but I did not use it. Now you gotta be like Joe Jackson. You gotta freaking Joe go Jackson. cut your own switch. <laughs> yeah, you go. They have to go cut the switch, and if you cut a small one, you're in more trouble. Yeah. Uh, so that kind of caused a lot of issues last night. I ran around trying to get a mic at what nine o'clock. Nothing was open except Target and Walmart. They didn't have mics, so I had to wait till this morning. Went to get a mic, and it was a lot more expensive than I ever thought it was. And I ended up uh, price matching, which I don't like to do. No. I don't like to deal with people, but while I was looking up mics, I saw this same mic was on Amazon for 20 or $30 cheaper, I think it was. So I said, the hell with it. I'm going to price match, and it worked, and I got it, and off I went. Well, you sent me a message last night talking about, you got to come meet me at the store tomorrow morning. I yeah. can get one for $0. Yes, I don't even think I put that. I just said you're going to meet me at the store at 10. No, you put $0. No, I didn't think that. <laughs> I don't know what the heck. I was I was tired, I guess. I sent you a bunch of things last night, but yeah, $0, I wish. So I have this new mic. We'll see how it sounds. I thought we were robbing Best Buy for a second. That's right. Well, it was closed by then, so maybe we were. Uh, how was your week in general? How was your Convergence Week 2 of... Month two. Is that what it is? <laughs> yes. That's Season what it is. two, episode two of Convergence. Um, Convergence is what it is at this point. Originally, I thought zero hour a week was going to be my big week yeah. because of this when I first got into DC Comics and stopped mm-hmm. reading Marvel as much. Yeah. But it has not been the highlight I wanted it to be. No, this is my worst week. It really is. Even though uh, later you'll hear a surprise entry into my best book reviewed of the week. <laughs> 
a book that I hated the first one. I had mentioned, I think, last week or the week before, whenever, I guess it had to have been last week, that most of the issues where you liked the first one, you probably liked the second, and vice versa. If you hated the first one, you hated the second. I, I have to change my mind completely on that because there's a book tonight that I hated the first one, and I really liked it. It was my favorite book of the month. Or the I, looked at, I looked at your review right before we started here and saw it. Yeah. Yep. Talking about that Catwoman, aren't we? Yes, we we'll are. We'll get to it later. But yeah, we. Whew, I spent last month arguing with you about it, pulling up stats and screaming <laughs> and yelling because I hated it. And now I, like I said, I had to eat my words. And I told uh, Justin Gray in my review that I even had to go back and kind of uh, decide that the whole thing was a success. A grand I told you. success. So you tell me I won that argument then? No. <laughs> Justin Gray won. And you know who the winner of Convergence is? The readers. The readers. Uh, speaking <laughs> of readers, there is a guy that likes to read reviews on YouTube. Again, good transition. I'm, I know. I'm good at those. Um, this guy's named Stephen Copper. Correct? Correct. And if you've been listening, you kind of mentioned we, we only mentioned him a couple times, but uh, if you read any of my reviews on the site on Arkham Knight, you get the idea that I really like the way that guy says Arkham Knight action. Give Arkham Knight action. Yeah, the, the Arkham Knight action. The funny thing, I went, I'm going to play a little clip of his uh, just so to remind people and maybe some new listeners to see who he is. Couldn't find the Arkham Knight action part. So right. I, I have a little bit. Here is a little of Stephen Copper to get a little feel for what he does on YouTube. Hey, what's going on, guys? This is Steve, and here I am presenting the review of Batman Arkham Knight issue number nine. So it's from Weird Science Comics blog.blogspot.in. There he is, blogspot.in. And what I realize now, it makes total sense. What do you think the IN stands for in that IN, which he also puts under the review? He writes our website on that one, yeah. and it has .in, .in. Well, I guess it would be in India now. Because he is from India. We Not have all those other of, countries no, we said he might have been I from. I thought he was from Czechoslovakia. That was my guess. Well, Stephen Copper, I think he's hilarious. I think it's great. And it's not just me I, making fun of him. I love his accent. I love people's degree. accents. Well, I like the accent. But what he does on YouTube is basically grabs everybody's reviews around the Internet and reads them and puts a slideshow behind it. So he has us. He has Tech Times. <laughs> he has Comic Line. He has Batman News. He has DC Comic News. He gets all these people, and he sits there and reads the reviews with um, with video behind. And I said to you, God damn it, this guy just reads our reviews. He's got 3,000-some followers. I, and again, in the YouTube universe, I don't know that that's impressive, but no that's 3,000 more than we have on YouTube. And he gets a lot of hits. Some of these videos get you know some good traffic. So I said to you, we should do um, some reviews on YouTube, start a YouTube channel. And instead of me doing that, I went the lazy man's way, and I put <laughs> two reviews up with uh, our man 3XL, <laughs> our robot that we put in the beginning of the podcast. And I had him. I just put uh, text-to-speech. Boom. Review. And it did get some play. But in the meantime, I had told it's you. It's terrible to listen to, though. Oh, I know. Well, yeah. Don't talk about Stephen Copper like that. Ooh. So I got a hold of Stephen Copper in the meantime. I wrote on one of the Arkham Knight auctions that he did. <laughs> hey, Steve, I, I really like the reviews. It's hilarious. You know, I, I, you know, I don't mind you doing it, whatnot. Uh, we would love to have you on our podcast. 
So he sends me a note. Hey, yeah, you say we. Well, me, because yeah. you keep saying, what are we going to do with him on the podcast? I just want him to say Arkham Knight Action like six times. I want him to say, <laughs> what gave you the idea of these reviews, and has anybody been pissed off? So in the meantime, he sends me a note. Hey, uh, I sent you a, a message. You got to check it out uh, on YouTube. On the, I don't know how to check out YouTube messages. It took me like three days before I could figure <laughs> it out. So I finally get the message, and he says he wants to be on the podcast. All right, all right. <laughs> we, we have to send him the script ahead of time. Oh, the script, huh? The script. <laughs> and he gets creative control somehow, and he wants to know how much money he's going to get paid. So I was like, huh, this is weird. So I send back a note, and I kind of skirted all those issues, like, hey, we just go with the flow. Uh, We haven't figured out what we want to do, but let me know where you're from so we can figure out, like, a time zone thing and and whatnot. So he writes back, hey, I'm from India. That shocked me. And then writes back again, hey, let me know about the revenue. I want to know about the revenue. And I'm like, this guy, what is he talking about? He thinks that we're going to have him on. And we're going to pay him. Does he and think he is the prince of Nigeria all of a sudden? I guess he does, but he's from India. And the other thing is, I, I don't want to get completely crazy with uh, India and all that, but Stephen Copper doesn't sound like an Indian name to me, and I'm starting to think that that's his telemarketing name. Honestly, he... I want to know what you think an Indian name is. <laughs> I'm not even going to say one. I don't sitting, know. Sitting Bull? Yeah, I No, no. <laughs> is <laughs> that what you're saying? You're awful. <laughs> <laughs> sitting Bull. Uh, so... Uh, yeah, I don't think we're going to have Stephen Copper on at all. No, and, I don't but, think we are. No. In the meantime, though, I got a message on our uh, Weird Science message machine. You know that very important Weird Science message machine that we had set up? Yeah, Weird and, Science Studios. Yeah, yeah. And it goes like this. Here, I want to play it to you. Hello. No one is available to take your call. Please leave a message after the tone. Hey, Jim and Eric. 3XL here. Right. I think I want to renegotiate my deal. I want some of that Stephen Copper money. It's all about the revenue, baby. If I don't get it, I walk. I'll start my own podcast called Children Should Not Podcast with Dead Things. Take that, Eric. You had band-wearing dickhead. By the way, both of your dads are dead. That's some harsh-ass shit, Robert. 3XL's pissed. He wants the revenue. He, What's some of that sweet, sweet Stephen he, Copper money? He, now that he sees that Stephen Copper's demanding money, he's changed the game up a bit. Now, I don't uh, know if you got that. I believe he called you a headband-wearing dickhead. Oh, no, I heard him. <laughs> Goddamn robot. While I was trying to program 3XL to do that, I was having problems. It wasn't saying headband right. Ay, ay, ay. say dot ang? Yeah, well, yeah, I'm going to be on the dot ang. Wow. So uh, anybody who is <laughs> looking uh, or waiting with bated breath for Stephen Copper to be on the podcast, uh, keep waiting, and you're so going you're, you're you're to pass out. I know what you're going to say. Oh, what? what's the best part? Well, you sent me the message about what Stephen Copper was saying because he wanted this re- sweet, sweet revenue because yeah. he's becoming uh, internet famous uh, and a big star on the YouTube. Yeah, internet star and famous on the YouTubes, he told us. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, in the, the meantime. Is, who the fuck okay. does this guy think he is? In Come the on. meantime, you're going to get me angry now because what Stephen Copper does, he, he again, I told you, he just reads people's reviews. Well, in the... In the comment section of his videos, people write things like, man, I really like your review style. Like, that, that's not his review style. That was Eric's. Yeah. And, or whoever. Uh, then they say stuff like, man, when are you going to do the next issue of Arkham Knight Auction? And then he <laughs> writes something like, well, I've been real busy. It takes a while to review these things. Yep, no, what you need to do is click on Comic Book Roundup and then hit up whoever did it. 
He's ridiculous. Uh, also, he is always begging for money on those YouTube things. He wants people to be patrons, and he has one sucker that gives him $10 a month. I don't know what he does for that $10, but if I it's... Wanna, an, I want a cut of that cheddar. Yeah, I, yeah so do I. But yeah. <laughs> Again, when, when I showed my kids this whole thing, they were angry thinking, my kids are, are, have grown up in the world where everybody sues. And, uh, like, they want me to sue the guy. You can't sue him for reading a review. But, man, he's taking it to the extreme. He wants revenue. Sweet, sweet revenue. Uh, well, as we're going to find out in a little bit, this, this podcast is going to have a bit of a theme tonight. And it's going to deal with um, people being angry at news. Uh, But uh, I have a little news of my own Because Dan's going to give his uh, geek news later We'll talk about that That's going to be the uh, shit storm That's going to fall a little bit But um, he recorded early So a couple news items he didn't get to I listened to his uh, news Kind of edited a little But one of the things that came out after he did the news Were the top 10 comics of April 2015 And I think this dropped uh, Thursday night or Friday morning, and I told you at work, and I wanted you to guess which ones they were. I was going to keep it a secret, but I told you, and we were kind of – I was shocked. Were you shocked? Yes, I was very shocked. Yeah, I was shocked because the top 10 came out, and again, these are without numbers, no sales numbers. They just released the top 10. Number one was Star Wars, number four. Which makes sense. Yeah, yeah. It Actually, that shocked me a little bit because – I guess because – they were rounding or uh, winding down. Marvel's winding down at that point to get onto Secret Wars, so nothing really big would have been out then. I guess. Man, people because, just love Star Wars because I know Star Wars, but uh, without the numbers, I can't tell. But the one kind of gives me a little bit of a um, uh, basis of what I think these numbers would be around. But Star Wars number four is number one. Number two is Convergence Zero, which I, big. I like that. Issue. Number three, Convergence number one. The okay. number four, Batman 40. And Damn this right. is where this is my, where I have my, my baseline here. Usually yeah. Batman sells around, you know, around 100 to 129. You know, it dips back yeah. and forth. I don't know, though, if this one's going to sell as well because of the weird way it came out. All of a sudden it came out in the middle of the, that event. Uh, now, I know a lot of people would have had it on their pull list so they would have gotten it anyway. But it did kind of sneak up on us, even though it shouldn't have. It was the finale of Endgame. And it, to me, it, it kind of was a shock when it came out. But... Uh, number five was Darth Vader, number four. Number yep. six, Convergence, number two. Number seven, Convergence, number three. Number yeah. eight, Kanan, the last pad one, number one, which we <laughs> laughed at when, I, when Ryan did the review on our site about <laughs> that. We're like, man. what is that? Uh, number nine, Convergence, number four. And number 10, Princess Leia, number three. So Convergence uh, kicks some butt. Now, granted, Star Wars Convergence. Granted, as it goes down, the, the it always happens, though. Zero, one, two, three, you know, they all go down. But again, Convergence number four was only on sale for a week or so. So it's going to have less sales than these others, obviously. But uh, people are bashing Convergence, but yet they went out and bought the main book. That's it seems sure. like people are buying. Yeah, I want to see when the actual numbers come out what they are. And I also want to know, you know, I really want to see the tie-ins that did well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that that kind of um, got me a little pumped about the whole. Me thing. as well. Everybody's yeah. been bashing it left and right, and there was this big article about how sales numbers are down at comic book shops. Maybe they are. Maybe the sales aren't as good on this top ten list as they usually well, are. Well, what's weird is when I saw the story, it was all. I think the headline was around the lines of like convergence leads. Record sale, like it, this was a month that really kicked ass. It wasn't like uh, you know, Star Wars number four was seventy five thousand and Convergence zero was fifty, and everything sold like shit. It seemed like they're saying this actually led a resurgence for this month that really kicks some butt. 
That's awesome. So I think that everything that we heard, uh, number one, was um, anecdotal evidence from people who are just bashers. I really do. I think that, that the one story that you pointed out to me, like, hey, they're, they're reporting that it's not selling well. It was just one guy talking about his shop. Yeah, I know. It's it a big story that went around the internet. Yeah, so. it, 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 they made it seem like this was like an industry, uh, industry-wide industry story. It was one guy. Yeah. And if it was a guy who may be down the line from us who likes to bash <laughs> things, I can see why people wouldn't buy stuff. I mean, I'm telling you, if I went to our comic shop that we went to, um, I'd almost be afraid to buy a, a Convergence uh, title because I didn't want to be ripped apart at the register. Seriously. Even though that guy's a little bit of a scrawny guy. He's not going to rip anybody apart. Oh, yes. The only other thing that quiet uh, down, fatty. The only other thing that came up during uh, this week, when um, after Dan told me he did the news, he was so excited. He got a new mic. He got a new mic too. And got so excited that he just decided to do the news early. And if there's there's one thing you shouldn't do early. It might be the news because you know what happens afterwards. More news happens. And in fact, some of his news was old news. But we'll get to that. Um, okay. The other thing was the um, Legends of Tomorrow trailer. Looks amazing. Uh, was released. Uh, yeah, that looks great. Uh, if, if you haven't seen it, just look up Legends of the Legends of Tomorrow, uh, YouTube, whatnot. It, it looks really good. The big uh, spoiler there. If you don't want to hear it, you can turn this off. But it's that uh, Laurel, or not Laurel, uh, Black Canary's back as uh, Sarah, right? Yes. Sarah's back as White Canary. Which, Resurrection Lazarus yeah, pit style. And that was that was probably the coolest bit of the trailer. I know a guy on our site said that he wanted to see more Hawk Girl. I wanted to see more Hawk Girl, I too. I know, but like I said, that's a lot of CGI and stuff like that. I don't think they wanted to, you know, push that. We yeah. finally got the Adam. That we, I mean, we finally saw him shrink. Yeah, it was pretty good. I don't know. When he, when he was about to shrink, he looked a little creepy to me. <laughs> what the hell does that mean? I don't know. He had this weird smile on his face. But then like, again... I'm going to fucking penetrate he had a big, you now? He had a big, uh, big secret, I guess. he was. <laughs> I don't know. He seemed a little weird there. Like, yeah, in my but, mind, you like you're watching the video, and all of a sudden, there's like a Doctor Evil pinky to the mouth, and then yeah, shrinks down, and that's then goes into Uranus. Isn't that what happened? And then he no, that's right not up what there. happened. No. Uh, I think the best part of the trailer was when the Captain Cold's like, "We're, we're not heroes." Like, no, you're legends. And yeah, of course, freaking uh, Rory. Yeah, it's Roy from Rip Hunters, played by Roy from um, Rory. Rory, yeah, Rory. Arthur Darvill. What's his name? Yeah, Arthur. Arthur. Yeah, Dar- I don't know. I've uh, that. I actually didn't like him in it. I know I love Roar. I love him when I actually watched Doctor Who before I gave it up. It's because I hyped it up before you saw it, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, probably. Son of a bitch. Yeah, but now I'm done. All <laughs> right. That's, that's our bit of news because that won't be in the news later. But you know what we have now? Listener mail. Listener mail. And the first mail is from Chisanga. Right. Hey, Jim and Eric, is the convoluted mess of the New 52 Earth Zero characters appearing in this week's Convergence story over continuity? Because I, I'm, half sh- I'm sure half the people shown there, Batman, Red Lanterns, Guardians, and the Threshold Guy, are dead. If so, I am not so confident on the stories they want to publish in the future. Also, did Jay b- bumping into Barry scene make you laugh? So Chisong wants to know about Convergence, and I don't know. It, that whole thing was odd. There, we're going to talk about it when we talk about the book itself. Yeah, there's a lot of dead people in that. Yeah. Uh, I, I'll give Chisanga full credit, though. Threshold guy. Even if he didn't know who it was, he knew. That Jediah was pretty Cole. Good. Yeah, Jediah Cole. And that was, we were talking about Jediah Cole on Wednesday. 
out of yeah, nowhere. We're we like, read. man, yeah. we're like, man, we really wish that he, uh, you know, would be back and what happened. And, and we were actually talking about how Keith Giffen basically said, screw you guys. You're going to cancel Threshold. I'm ruining it all. I'm yeah, bringing I'm going to kill my down. main character. Yeah, Bam. So we, yeah. like, we like Jedi Call, and he's back, maybe. No, I don't this is, know. This is a goddamn mess. I, I have think no that idea. I think that I can only say that I can only hope actually that something is going to go on that explains this because all of these are fine and the Batman thing is a little odd. Again, we'll talk later, uh, but you can go with that being like you don't really know the time frame, right? But to, it says now. You know, when you see now, you expect it to be well, now. I think the Guardians are the that's the craziest. I know that Zillius Sox is there yeah. and we like Zillius, but the Guardians is so off because that was such a huge thing. Yeah, I'm saying if they would have showed the Templar Guardians, that would have been fine, but these are old school Guardians. Yeah, yeah. yeah Ganthet and shit. Yeah, it just came off uh, crazy. And did you uh, laugh when Jay bumped into Barry? I really actually did not because I actually had to stop and I didn't realize what happened at first. <laughs> I, I actually laughed. I laughed a little. I and by the time I figured funny. it out, it was like kind of like you know, over for me already. You know. Yeah. The only thing that I, I'm thinking about the the book and maybe even that scene itself too is you're starting, or I am. I'm starting to get confused about what characters are who and what and what reality and stuff like that. And Jay Garrick, it's it's easy. Yeah. But Barry, uh, Wally, there's going to be a lot of confusion. And there's even I had when I put some of our stuff up on um, Google Plus. People were like, oh, is that, you know, Kingdom Come Superman? Is that the... And it was, sometimes I don't know. Uh, sometimes <laughs> it's just like, there's Superman. And I. the best to me is the pre-Flashpoint. Uh, Superman, I guess, is the one who had the baby, correct? Yes. And that anytime he shows up, he's got to mention that. It's like his go-to line. Like, hey, Superman, you're here. Hey, I'm only here for a second. I got to go back to Lois and the baby. <laughs> and they're always like, Lois and the baby. <laughs> it makes me laugh. But uh, the next mail kind of continues this trend it's from tom tom says i don't know about you but i felt like Haley joel Hosman while reading convergence this week i was seeing dead people what's going on with three question marks they better explain why all these characters are returned from the dead i did like seeing zillia socks though love the podcast that i seriously tom. love that little testicle man he was my yeah, favorite no, part he of was great, but again is this how you wanted him to come back all of a sudden just in the background of a panel of a book that you're not even sure he's supposed to be there well, at this point, you got to wonder, is this, like, they say it's going on now. Is this going on two years ago? Yeah, three I, years ago? Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. It's very odd. Um, you know, you can start looking into a couple things, but I, I don't know. It's, but it's like in, um, like, Justice League um, Dark Side War coming up. We mm-hmm. have the regular Batman there, even though he's dead. But that seems like it's in current continuity, though. It's weird. I know. Uh, again, that might be what Chisanga uh, was referencing the story over continuity. You know, that's, that's called lazy writing to me. Well, I, I don't know. Next one's from Butterfly. Did I send you this one, or was this a late one? No, I got this one. Yeah. Butterfly writes, <laughs> hashtag Jim's dad is dead. That's it. Well, that's all well, I got. Welcome to the club, buddy. Yep, I'm in the club. All right. <laughs> all right, now let's all take a breath. I'm going to take a little sip of my drink because uh, we have Reggie's next. Oh, and Reggie's uh, email was titled, Your podcast has been declared a super fun waste site. Oh, goody. So, oh, Reggie, always with the positive. But here, I'm going to take a sip. I spilled all over myself. Great. <laughs> you fucking slob. What he says, it uh, starts off with me. Dear Jim, I'm so sorry to hear that you were unable to p- p- procure press passes for WizardCon this year. Indeed, had the organizers been more knowledgeable about your website, 
they would have gladly passed along some free passes to the creators being hosted. Oh, so the creators hosted could punch you in the face. <laughs> that is probably true. Yes. Perhaps you might have found better luck applying for a last request from the Make-A-Wish Foundation. I'm sure an EKG and routine physical exam will show you uh, show that you and Eric are very near death, and a quick <laughs> scan of the website should prove that anyone to anyone that you two are at least mentally 12 years old. That's what I say all the time. Now, I'm having problems reading today. You could have been pushed around the convention in wheelchairs and probably had gotten uh, to take pictures with your favorite creators and cosplayers. Best part awesome. is that you'd avoid that much-deserved punch in the face because of your prone condition. I don't know. <laughs> I have a Well, first off, I think that what he's getting at, and I think he gets to it a little later, is that uh, Cameron Stewart and Brendan Fletcher hate us. And I, from what I could tell, they hate people in wheelchairs, too. Is that, oh. is that, can I say that? I don't think you can. I really don't think you can say okay, that. Okay, strike that. I don't say it. But I have a feeling they'd still punch me. And, and another thing, I've been going to the gym this week, so then <laughs> take that. I'm going to go right after this. We're going I just to said, you spent an hour on an elliptical. I've been going yep. to the gym this week. Every day. Get the fuck out of Every here. Every single day. Reggie continues. Just having <laughs> finished week five of Convergence, I'm approaching the semi-event much the same way you are. Regarding the tie-in issues on their... Regarding the tie-in issues on their own merits and more or less dismissing what's happening in the main Convergence title, which is a load of crap. Telos, Deimos, Brainiac, it seems like it doesn't matter who the villain is. I just don't think there are any real stakes here. I, I, I'm starting to agree with him. So am I. Uh, part of the, that is my fault, being that I know there's an Earth to Society book coming in June. But a lot of it because what's happening in the books isn't compelling. Telos wipes out this bunch but coddles Dick Grayson. Yeah, that, that's odd to me, too. Deimos turns Warlock into an old bag of dust, but he spews multiversal predictions while fighting Earth-2 Superman. I think he meant Warlord. Take yeah. that, Reggie. There's a correction for you. <laughs> <laughs> this story is, is less consistent than a handjob from someone with Parkinson's disease. Oh, that sounds awesome. <laughs> nice. Get Michael Some J. Of, Fox on the phone. Oh, geez. Some of the individual issues are pretty good. I'd say they've been good overall, with a few real clunkers and then a few that are nothing to love or hate. But that Convergence comic is so much nonsense. I would all, almost rather this event be heroes from different universes meeting and fighting for an untold mysterious reason than the claptrap we've been handed. That sounds um, like multiversity. It's also it's funny because... He says nonsense. When I was listening to the podcast last week, I bet you I said nonsense 50 times. It's I'm one of our favorite words. I'm shocked that somebody didn't call me on it. Everything, it's, everything's nonsense to me last week. And you know what? It's more nonsense this week. Just three weeks left, and we can get back to our regularly scheduled program, programming, which since it includes continued episodes of your podcast, is a mixed blessing. <laughs> Keep up the good work, love, Reggie. Yeah, nice. I'm with Reggie, though. The, uh, actually... I like to say I'm positive for the event in general. I'm only slightly over like the middle line anymore. Uh, if I would rate this event as a whole right now, I'm telling you, it's like a five, eight, maybe a six. It's yeah. really slipping for me. Uh, this week really got me down, though. I don't know. The, the main convergence, I will get to it, but the main convergence title for me is, it's, I'm almost like optimistic again to a degree. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, like, I kind of like what it leads to, but yeah, the whole event is just... I don't know. It's getting to me. All right. It continues for your part of the movie. Oh, good. Dear Eric, it really filled me with despair to see you and your headband enjoying yourself at WizardCon this year. Why does everybody <laughs> keep saying that? Uh, how I would have loved to see that black belt back row cosplayer actually beat you into marmalade. I got scared for yeah, a second. Clearly, despite wearing a Weird Science t-shirt, you didn't announce to anyone your affiliation with Weird Science DC Comics. Or you would have been chased with torches and pitchforks and roasted on a spit. 
Next oh, year, I suggest you attend the con with a T-shirt that reads, Fuck Cameron Stewart, and watch the fun. <laughs> or rather, I will watch the fun. You will watch your vision blur as your eyes swell shut from the pummeling of several glove fists and handcrafted lightsabers. Don't just do it for the sight. Do it for the good of humanity. That would be pretty funny, though. All right. I was talking to my mother about my penchant for 1950s horror comics the other day, and she asked me an interesting question. Do any of these comics ever scare you? I had to think about it for a while and came to the conclusion that no, none of them actually scare me, and very few even surprise me. Most of these pre-code horror comics read like the fever dreams of seven-year-olds, which, with werewolves turning into zombies only to be... Uh, Assert by vampire aliens. Every once in a while, a story will have an interesting twist ending. Most often in the EC Comics reprints of Bolt of Horror and the like, but sometimes in the Harvey Comics reprints of Black Cat Mysteries and Tomb of Terror. <laughs> Looking back, there were some EC comic reprints that spooked me as a child. Most normally those drawn by ghastly Graham Engels. Yeah. But, but this was mainly due to the drawings, not the stories they told. I wonder, has a comic book ever genuinely frightened you? If so, which one was it? And before that, Eric, I want to play my favorite comment about horror comics. <laughs> Fair enough. I told you, I don't like horror comics. Think of it more as a survival manual. Nice. It's a survival manual, <laughs> Eric. The, the yes. comics, horror comics are survival manuals, so you got to pay attention to those. Got to love Edgar Frog. Yes, yes, yes. Um, any of those ever frighten you? No, I can't say none of my, any of them ever frightened me, but I know I read. I used to go to flea markets and pick up reprints and shit like that for a buck. Yeah. And I, I just really liked having them because I got really big into the HBO series Tales from the Crypt, and that scared the hell out of me at times. Hell, even the opener to uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark scared the hell out of me. Man, I'll tell you, I used to see these horror comics. I think that one guy I told you about way back, uh, my buddy Chad growing up, the guy who had his divorced dad looked like Gene Simmons. Yeah. Uh, I think he had some horror comics, and I, they just scared the crap out of me. I really thought that anything like that would possess your soul and yeah i was just a scared kid like i i pretty much stayed away from a lot of horrors even though i picked up a few reprints here and there when i could find them but i really loved this to read like uh get fangoria magazine as a kid yeah that scared me too really i actually in my mind there must have been like every issue of that just had like a a rotting zombie on the cover Uh, because that's all i remember it's just a (laughs) rotting zombie it scared the crap out of me and i ran ran from the supermarket it's weird. Like I haven't picked up a Fangoria in so long, but I ha- I can't get rid of them for some reason. I'm like a hoarder with these things because I'll find a box and I'll pull out a shit ton of fucking these magazines. Yeah. Great. He continues. <laughs> oh, good. All right. In that vein, I suggest you check out Archie Comics' new Sabrina series. It's on oh. issue number two currently. It's really well drawn and actually does have a creepy air about it. I wouldn't call it a source of white-knuckle terror. But then few things are. Aside from details about your personal life and having to see you awkwardly pose with Ethan Van Skyver are that <laughs> horrifying. Keep up the good work. And by that I mean get a goddamn microphone, Eric. Love, Reggie. Yeah, yeah. It seems like everybody's getting new microphones these days. You know what? What, what does Sabrina remind you of? Why, well, Sabrina reminds me of my Twitter account. Oh, your Twitter <laughs> account? Really? Why? Oh, that's because I'm followed by Sabrina the Teenage Witch herself. You mean Melissa, Melissa Joan Hart? Why, yes, I do, of, Jim. Of Melissa and Joey fame? No, I she, would say, fo- she follows you on Twitter? Yeah, it's weird. I think it's because I'm America's Sweetheart now that I was on Evine Live. Yeah, it might be. Your big, your big uh, TV appearance got Melissa Joan Hart to, to follow you. I Very believe odd. so. Uh, now Reggie has something to write to you about next week because I'm sure he'll bring it up. Because yeah, and it's a verified account, right? Yes, it's verified. Not like that Katy Perry who followed us today on Twitter. 
I saw that. I actually wanted to go see if that was verified, uh, but then I saw it was Katy Perry cats. I'm like, oh, yeah. it's a crazy cat lady. Yeah, I was actually hoping it was Katy Perry. <laughs> uh, thanks, Reggie. Uh, the next one is from Still Alive. Hey, Jim. Thanks for comp- Oh, wait a minute. Here we go. We have a little change in the news. Oh, shit. This is where it starts getting personal. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna point this out. We said that we would read anything that comes in, correct? Correct. Um, Keep it real. And why mainly did we say that? Well, what don't we mind? Well, we don't like self-deprecating humor. No, well, we don't mind people bashing us, correct? No, no, no. I don't. I don't care one bit. I think it's hilarious. I wish John would get back to calling us out, <laughs> saying we suck. He hasn't been around. Um, it's now gonna get a little personal for Dan. Uh, the Geek News, Dan. And Dan, if you're listening, don't jump off the roof. <laughs> uh, don't let tonight be the grand opening of your arteries. And uh, every, everything that you're going to hear, I blame myself for, Eric. I was thinking of, that, of this a lot. I blame myself because what oh, happened good. is, well, I'm going to explain it first. Um, right. We had Dan. Dan's on the site somewhat, and he does reviews. He does some digital reviews. And Dan just out of the blue on Twitter asked if he could be on the site, and we, that's how we roll. Aaron yeah, sure. Said, fine. What do you want to do? You can do this. I had a couple of digital stuff, and then he kind of went with that. Well, when we started the podcast, we had him on episode two that we didn't really broadly Episode release. three. Was it episode three? Okay. Yeah. And Dan was on. He's great. Uh, we were talking about very special episodes, uh, <laughs> you know, because we're a comic book podcast. Uh, we talked about television. Good times. And, and Dan was good in that. And then after that, I, he, I don't know, his schedule's weird and whatnot. So I said, hey, Dan, how about this? You do some geek news. He's a, he's a geek, and I'm, I'm sure he's proud of that. He likes to talk about uh, his Apple Watch that somehow he has money to pay for. I don't know. He <laughs> goes to Cancun. Um, Cancun. Cancun. But uh, in the meantime, we would do some news, and then he'd do like a three-minute segment. Well, we yeah. decided to cut that back. We weren't going to talk a lot of news and have Dan just do the news. Now, I never really spelled it out because that's how we – again, we're, we're not very good at, at coordinating things. At I said to Dan, hey, Dan. Just make the news longer. And I even complained last week because I had told him, hey, we want to make it longer. And uh, he did a three-minute news, that first one. Last week, he did a long one. And it's a lot of geek news. And, in fact, that's a segment. Um, I blame myself for not really stressing to him that we should probably go more comic book news and DC news with maybe one or two um, geeky things near the end. Last week, he had about 19 minutes of news. I didn't mind it. I liked it. He has some stuff. I don't know about the stuff he talks about. He talks about a lot of geek stuff. So uh, a lot of people weren't very pleased with it, Eric. Uh, <laughs> to say the least. The first one is still alive. Hey, Jim. Thanks for complaining about that guy who does the news only doing three minutes. Last week was the worst 20 minutes I've heard in my life. When he couldn't remember who Katana was, I almost destroyed my phone trying to reach inside it to choke him out. <laughs> I'm getting angry thinking about it. Thanks again. Sh- oh, shit your damn mouth, he put. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> yeah, I think he meant shut your damn mouth, Jim. You are an asshole. Keep it coming. I love you. That was nice. still alive, okay? So still alive there. Now, again, I did. I, I should have kind of reined him in a little. And he even said, he's like, it's really long. You're going to edit it. I'm, I'm not going to edit it. I'm too lazy. Uh, the next one's from Gabe. Gabe writes very short and sweet. Please get rid of the geek news. Damn. <laughs> and I told you before this, that that seemed like the meanest one to me. All these <laughs> others are like really personal attacks. That one just seems, it's so short and to the point that it, it, it cuts. It cuts well, it's like deep. people have these like big, like elaborate ways to get at you and like comebacks and whatnot. We always found growing up, my friends and I, is that the worst one. Somebody comes up, hey, 
you're ugly. That's yeah. the one that hits the hardest. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, the next one's from Joel, and Joel's a uh, big friend of the site. I talked to Joel a bit after this, and uh, I'll tell you, Joel wrote this and then actually wrote back and said, you know what, um, can you take the stuff out about Dan? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, no, we'll go with it. It's fine, you know. He, he, and then he hopefully Dan has it was, hopefully Dan has our sense of humor. It was funny at the end. Joel like sent me. Well, I figured that like your podcast was basically like a haven for assholes anyway. I was like, <laughs> oh great. And then he wrote back because I think he thought I got mad at that. He's like, I, I still love you guys though. And I was laughing. Uh, he writes, hey, it's Batman with a box from Tumblr. That's Joel. But you can call me Joel, so from now on I will just call him Joel. I first would like to say that last week's episode, while I was listening, I fell asleep during daycare segment. Now, remember, he also also hates on uh, Ryan Clark. Uh, And I even told him, we got back and forth on this on on emails, back and forth, where I was describing the whole thing. But Then on your last episode, I decided to give the news another shot. And the second he started talking, he was yelling and complaining about the Joker. It was awful. And then spent a minute trying to figure out Katana's name by literally saying it. I had to skip the rest of it because it was ridiculous. Anyways, I have a question. So that's his hate. And uh, again, uh, Dan should take this. If he's listening, you take this as a learning learning process, right? It's a lesson. When you're doing something, especially when you hit the comic part of the podcast, you've got to make sure that you get these names right. I call, I get called out all the time. People hate my guts because I, I put <laughs> the wrong things. And basically what happens is you're going to get through the part where you start talking and your mouth starts running and you should just shut up sometimes because uh, the Katana thing I did here, I thought it was funny. He's like, I don't know, Katana, Katana. Uh, no, no, I don't know her name. She's the Japanese girl. I'm like, no, it was Katana. Kat- I'm like, you had it. You had it right. Uh, but then he asked us a question. Uh, he says, anyways, I have a question. Who are some of the worst fans you have ever met? And, I mean, I'm going to start right now. Besides Eric, I'll say, because oh. you're the worst. Last semester, when I was at a different school, there was a kid who wanted everyone to call him Batman. It was the worst. He had ladies calling him Batman. It was so damn annoying. <laughs> he was not even an avid reader. He just had a shit ton of snapbacks and shirts of Batman, and that's pretty much it. I'm not trying to sound like an elitist fan, but wanting people to call you Batman is too, especially when you're a ginger, redheaded, pimply face fuck. You don't resemble Batman at all. Uh, he also had a collection of all the Dwayne Johnson films. <laughs> I'm all for the rock. But there is no need for Be Cool to be in your film collection. Hey, was, he, our bu- hey was our buddy Ben calling himself Batman? Uh, he might have been, but he's, he not, a, he's not a ginger. Anyways, uh, that's all I got. You guys rock. That's what uh, – uh, I'm telling you. In, no, in, I agree, though. Be Cool should not be in anybody's collection. No. In, in my uh, run of life, I don't really know that many other comic book fans. Uh, so who is the worst fan you ever met? Well, I'll go ahead and say I think the worst one you've ever met is the guy who runs a comic book shop. Well, yeah. I don't even call him a fan. I think he hates comics. I don't <laughs> know what his deal is. But, yeah, I, I would say that that's the guy. But, now, growing up, I used to work at a comic book shop around here. And, I, you know, people would come in all the time. And they were just crazy or they were assholes. But, really, I think the worst fan I ever met, I'd have to go with Jim and it's me. Yeah, it is. <laughs> when, I, when I was growing up and even in my early 20s, I was such a stickler for continuity. And not even that. The beginning of the New 52, I was the same way. Where yeah. it was like, well, if this didn't happen, how did this happen? I'd yell at my buddy Tony who owned the shop. And he has no idea. But I'd just yell at whoever would listen. So, yes, I am the worst fan that I know. No. Um, the only thing I'll say is what he's describing. 
uh, this guy reminds me of something that really drives me nuts, and I know that you laugh when I describe this to you, and it happens sometime at work. It reminds me of a guy who will wear, like, a guy shows up with a Phillies hat. Right. Or it's it's worse than that. It's when Oh, yeah, that bothers the shit it, out of you. It's when you're out and about. It's like around here. We're from the Philadelphia area, but it's, say I was in um, Ohio. And all of a sudden, I see a guy with a Phillies hat. Hey, man, you know, hey, you like the Phillies? Nah, I just got this hat. Drives me nuts. I, I'm telling you, I don't like people who wear hats or jerseys of sports teams and don't have any connection with them. It drives me nuts. Like I, that kid right at work who had the freaking Giants hat on yeah. as soon as they won the series? Yeah, it was there. And that, again, I can even call them out for being, uh, you know, front runners, stuff like that. Yeah. It's more of just the... You know, like I said, you're you're somewhere out. Or again, I'm from the Philadelphia area. I love the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, yeah. Try to keep yeah, we secret. hate you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm a huge Pittsburgh Penguin fan uh, for all my life, and um, that was at one point my favorite sport, and that was my team. So when I see people around here with a Pittsburgh Penguin hat, shirt, whatever, now I don't talk to them anyway. But I was going to say you should never talk to anyone. No, but sometimes. You know, you get the, you know, you're there. And, hey, Penguins, man, like, say the playoffs had just started. And they, they, they hey, but they barely made the playoffs, huh? And the guy will look at you and like, what you talking about? Oh, you have a Pittsburgh Penguins. Oh, I don't even know what this team is. Or it's always something like that. That's, or, that's what people sound like around yeah, here. Yeah, it's like that. Or it's, uh, oh, my, my mom got it for me. It's a pretty good voice, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I'm working on that. Here it is. Hey, man, just shut your mouth. Before, oh, I, before I put my foot in it, <laughs> I'm gonna t- that's a new voice. I you gotta stop it. going to Wawa because that's I the only place it. you go. I love this voice. <laughs> I'm gonna do the next one. But, uh, but oh, yeah, the, those guys hate me. So a guy who would just show up with Batman stuff and not like Batman would drive me nuts. But a guy who makes people and I love it that the, it, you mean it, posers. Yeah. Well, I love that Joel was saying that this guy was making girls call him that. <laughs> that's the best. I'm just saying though, it was like. Uh, People don't like to use this word or anything like this anymore, but if I was in high school or whatever, yeah. and I went around and said, hey, just call me Batman, they would say, shut up, faggot. And then oh, Jesus be, Christ. And then kick the shit out of me. This podcast has just taken a, a bad turn. Hey, man, that's how it was in the 90s. Oh, that's true. Uh, it was, I, I don't know. They called me crazier things. But man, I didn't expect that word to come out this podcast. I was just thinking. You are an awful person. That's what I was just thinking about people in high school would be like. It's like you're in high school. They're like, hey, Eric, what's going on? I don't know, guys. Just, <laughs> just shut your mouth. Like, what's wrong with that Eric Shea guy? I really like that guy. You guys are all dicks. <laughs> then you went off with your freaking shaved head. head, your freaking trench coat. The only person I... who decided to wear a trench coat after Columbine. What a jerk. Hey, man, no, it was, a, it was a formal coat, and I always wore it. It was a Christmas hey, present. It was I the saw, winter. I saw that news from Columbine. Those guys really had some good fashion sense. <laughs> and I'm my picking head was that shaved. up. My head was shaved because my best friend had cancer in high school, you fuck. My friend has cancer. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> stop it now. Oh, my God, you are the worst. I might have to just stop this podcast right now. I, I'm going to strike that word from the record. <laughs> Oh, we geez. are going to get hate mail. <laughs> oh, no, my God. No, this is what Oh, my happen. God. Holy moly. I don't know if I can continue. <laughs> the next one's from Darker Side. And Darker Side has given us a top five list. You know what we didn't have this week, Eric, on the site? Top five? Oh, we did. We did have a top five yeah, list. Yeah, that was last week. We didn't baby. have it last week. I'm, I'm hating on nothing. You got me so riled up now. 
So Darker Side gives us a top five list of great disasters of history. All right. Um, number six, Eric using that word on this podcast. How did he know that? Did well, he have I, a time travel machine? ESP, baby. Ooh, number five, the Hindenburg. It's pretty good, you know. The, yeah. hum, the human. Oh, the humanity. <laughs> <laughs> you got to retire that voice. <laughs> number four, the Titanic. I'm going down with the ship, Eric. Number my, love, my love will go on. Number three, the Challenger. Oh. Uh, I was at, I was at, kids, look away from the TV. <laughs> that was the Challenger. We were made to watch that. And everybody, they, I, people talk about it now. I distinctly remember somebody probably as awful as you laughing. See, that, I would not do that. Well, we were in, I, I forget what grade I must have been in. I think it was middle school, and they, they wheeled in the TVs then. It, it was yeah. very low tech. They wheeled it in. They had the TV show, and it, it boom, it blew up. All of a sudden, the, the principal's on, teachers, get those TVs out. And I, I said this to you before, I think maybe on the podcast. I don't know what they thought these TVs were going to do, and we saw what happened. <laughs> we saw what happened. I think they actually should have kept them on, so like the, the commentary afterwards, maybe we can do, but yeah. It blew up, Eric. Oh God! Number two, nine eleven. That is yeah. a big. That was a, that was a big disaster of history. It was, yes, it was. Number Americans. one, last week's geek news. Ooh. <laughs> oh my God! Seriously, you guys should be arrested for not warning us beforehand. Man, we, we said geek news was up. What do you want from me? <laughs> I know. You know what's next, Eric? What's that, baby boy? Dan's geek news. All right, here it comes now. Again, please, Dan, come off that ledge. Please. What was that, a Third Eye Blind song? Step <laughs> back from that ledge, my just, friend. Just hum that to yourself, Dan. You'll be fine. <laughs> then again, if you start humming three freaking Third Eye Blind, you might want to jump anyway. Yeah, that could happen. But everybody, give Dan a chance. Just give him a chance. We, we set him up in this position. I, again, I blame myself. I'm totally to blame. I did not give him enough guidance. I'm going to give him guidance. I'm going to take him under my wing. Give him some guidance. I might even get Jody a little guidance on that top five. It'll all be good. It'll all, all work right. out, Eric. It'll all work out. All but right. Here <laughs> is. Oh, well, before I go, one quick thing. If you want to email us, email us at <laughs> weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com, right? Weirdsciencedccomics yes. at gmail.com. And, that is correct. And from now on, if you do want to, you can send your email. And then you can add what voice you want me to read it in. Oh, and I'll do don't, it. You please name, don't do that. You can name any there. I have, um, say they said Britney Spears. I, hey, guys. Oh, God. You fucking blew my eardrums. Hi. <laughs> what other ones? Give me one. Is this, is this because I did a voice in the beginning? Yes. Give me one. Uh, I'm, I'm going to do one more voice. Before Columbo. Columbo. Oh, guys, it's Columbo here. That's when I don't, I, I, I don't well, think you've ever watched Columbo. No, I didn't. When I do my voices, though, it's going to be like I said how Superman shows up in Convergence and he has to spell out that he's the, hey, I got to go. Everyone has the um, the name in it. So oh, yeah. Any yeah. Name, it's like, Hello, guys. This is Kramer from Seinfeld. Rich Little, you are not. No, I'm not Rich Little. I'm little, though, right? Keep Tiny going. as hell, man. I knew Tiny you were going to say that. I knew it. But hey, you're every, wearing your huh? sweater. You wearing that sweater your grandma made you in a kid, big man. The, the big man sweater. No, I, <laughs> I destroyed that sweater, and I'm still scarred. So thank gonna, you for bringing gotta, that up. I gotta go to your mom's house. See if she has, still has that picture. Uh, she probably does. I told her to destroy it. It's me with a big red, uh, big man sweater when I was at least a foot shorter than anyone else in my class, and I went hey, in, and, and they all ripped into me. <laughs> 
You're probably <laughs> second or third grade. I got to go to your uh, Your birthday's coming up. We're going to put it on the site for your birthday, that picture. Yeah. You'll <laughs> see how cute I was, but I was not very happy of that sweater. Then there's another uh, picture in my mom's house where I'm wearing um, red shoes, almost look like Dorothy's slippers. And, uh, they probably some, were. Looks like a dress, so I'm sure that you'd go there and call me some certain word you said there earlier. You're, oh, you're a hateful person. No, I said this is what would have been said at the time. Mm. Okay, Eric. Oh, you fucker. Columbo here. Let's done? get to Dan's Geek News. Hello, Weird Science. Dan here coming at you with all of your latest geek news for the week. And what a fantastic week for geek news it was. Normally, I will record this segment on either a Friday, Saturday, or Sunday morning before the podcast goes up. But this week, I decided that I just could not wait. I had to record it tonight. It's Thursday night because there was so much news coming out this week. Uh, and it turns out some of it wasn't actually news after all. Some of it was just news that I missed before. Uh, and I also picked myself up a new microphone, a Blue Snowball Ice, uh, so I've been really excited to try that out, so let's just jump right into it. A long, long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, or in London, uh, there was a wax museum called Madame Tussauds. Madame Tussauds? Madame Tussauds is what I'm going with. Anyway, Madame Tussauds in London is launching a new Star Wars exhibit opening on May 16th. The exhibit is going to cover 11 different scenes from the Star Wars universe, including Jabba the Hutt with Princess Leia, Luke Skywalker versus Darth Vader with the Emperor overseeing things. Uh, it's going to feature Chewbacca hanging out in the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon. That looks pretty cool. Uh, I know there's one involving Yoda. Uh, it looks like they did one featuring Ewan McGregor, Liam Neeson, and uh, Ray Park. Ray Parks? Ray Parker? Ray Parks? Uh, yeah. I'm bad with names. Um, but as Darth Maul and... Uh, Qui-Gon Jinn and Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, during their fight from Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Uh, I will promptly be leaving to go to London so I can check this out. See y'all later. I actually had a chance to watch a video about the production of this exhibit and it looks really cool. Uh, they definitely put a lot of work into this. The characters look very lifelike. They were able to really capture the spirit of all the different characters. Uh, so this is actually an exhibit I'm excited to see. I'm not going to personally get to go see it. Uh, but I'm sure there will be more coverage and photos put up online as days go by. I haven't made it a secret to anybody that I do enjoy the Amiibo line that Nintendo puts out. Uh, for those of you not familiar, Amiibo are kind of like Nintendo Skylanders. They are little figurines based on Nintendo characters with NFC chips built inside of them. And you're able to use those figures to uh, train characters in Super Smash Bros., unlock boards in Mario Party... Uh, I believe you can unlock weapons in um, Legend of Zelda Hyrule Warriors, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so there's a lot of cool features, but unfortunately there have been a lot of shortages. Uh, fortunately, Nintendo President Satoru Iwata has addressed the uh, current Amiibo shortage at a recent investors meeting. Iwata said, quote, We have increased production for Amiibo figures that have sold out very quickly after launch, that are indispensable to play a certain game, and for which we have received strong demand from retailers and consumers. However, we are very sorry that we can't promise at what point we will likely be able to resolve the current situation, because figures such as these require a considerable amount of time to produce, store shelf space is limited, and it is difficult to precisely predict the exact amount of overall demand. On the other hand, the number of software titles compatible with Amiibo is increasing, and consumers' recognition and understanding for Amiibo has improved significantly compared to the launch period, so we believe that we can predict further sales growth, end quote. Uh, here's a little tip for you, Iwata. 
How about you fucking listen to the fans on Twitter? We put out there what we want. We want Marth. We want Ness. This is not difficult. We want Villager. We want We Fit Trainer. This is not rocket science. Produce more of them. Produce more Captain Falcons. Make this easy on us. All you need to do is produce more of the figures that you are clearly not producing enough of because you think nobody's going to want them, and then we take to Twitter and say we want them, and then you say something like this. How wrong were they? Iwata also took the opportunity to share that 66% of Amiibo sales have been in North America. Uh, just a reminder, everybody, if you're listening out there and you happen to be a fan of Amiibo as well, Wave 4 does drop into stores on May 29th and will sell out later that day. Uh, May 4th is going to include several Amiibo that I would like to get, including Charizard, I believe he's part of Wave 4 if I'm not mistaken, and Pac-Man and Wario. Uh, so May 29th, get ready to go out there, get ready to attack. Also, Splatoon for the Wii U is going to be coming out that day as well. So May 29th is like Nintendo Day this month. CBS has officially announced their trailer for Supergirl. The series follows Superman's cousin, Kara Zor-El, uh, who I believe is going to be going by Kara Danvers in the film if, or in the show, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, anyway, it's going to follow her as she comes to terms with her powers and winds up using them to be a superhero. Uh, it looks like a, a weird version of Smallville, but more importantly, it looks like a show that is focused on a female character. It doesn't sexualize the character. There are some jokes that some people may think sexualize it a little bit, but based on what I saw, it looks like it's very tasteful, and it looks like this could be one of those empowering shows that young girls who are comic book fans need, uh, because there's not a lot of empowerment for young girls in comic books, and yet we want them to be fans of comic books. So this show could definitely be a step in the right direction for that. Look to me personally like a mix between Devil Wears Prada and a Superman movie, but, you know, I could be wrong. It was only a six-minute trailer. It does look like it's going to be a lot of fun to check out. Uh, so I am really excited for when this premieres, and I will, of course, be sure to talk with you guys about it after I get my chance to watch it. Interestingly enough, when I was looking through articles for the week, and this one also didn't make my cut, but it is something I thought I would at least touch on, uh, Stephen Amell from Arrow has accidentally revealed uh, that all of the DC superhero shows take place in the same shared universe, and that the networks don't have a lot of control over that. Uh, apparently, he was in talks to appear as Arrow on Constantine had the show not been canceled, and he specifically took the time to reveal he had spoken with the producers of Constantine. He did not speak with NBC, which means realistically, Flash, Green Arrow, uh, the new Teen Titans show that TNT, I believe it is, is working on, Supergirl on CBS, all of these shows are capable of crossing over, and the networks have no interference in that. I'm not saying they're not going to try and put up a fight, but it looks like DC is what's in charge of all these shows, not the actual networks upon which they reside. That could definitely be interesting in the long run. The preview for issue number 41 of Aquaman has been released, and in it, it is revealed that, spoiler alert, Aquaman is getting a new costume. Uh, it doesn't look like the classic Aquaman costume that we're used to. There isn't as much orange. There is some orange in the pants a little bit, 
but for the most part, it looks like they are slowly trying to transition Aquaman over to the DC Cinematic Universe version of the character who is dressed slightly more hideously, although his hair hasn't quite caught up with the Cinematic Universe yet. January 24th is going to be the premiere date for the new six-episode miniseries of The X-Files, which Chris Carter has said is going to be a reward to fans who have stuck with the Legendary series, and David Duchovny has revealed will be a mix of Monsters of the Week as well as Mythos episodes. So I'm really excited for that. Now I have a date I can put on my countdown app on my phone, and every day I'll know I'm one day closer to the premiere of the new X-Files series. Because you know what? The truth is out there. I wanted to believe, and now Chris Carter has proven that I put my faith in the right thing. Since Harry Shearer uh, revealed today that he is leaving The Simpsons. Apparently, there was a contract dispute. He walked away from a $14 million deal. Uh, this doesn't sound like a huge deal to anybody, uh, if you're not a huge fan of the show, but if you know how the show works, there are only six stars of that show. One of those stars is gone. One of those stars happens to be a guy. There's only three guys on that show. They just lost about a third of their male characters now. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see if they just write these characters out, which would be very sad, or if they are going to take a different route and recast these characters. Uh, either way, it is not going to be very exciting to see what they do. I'm on the fence. If I'm even going to watch the upcoming seasons, I may watch an episode or two to get a feel, but if I don't like the way they're doing it, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not sticking with it because I love The Simpsons, and I, I can't picture The Simpsons without Mr. Burns, without Reverend Lovejoy, without Ned Flanders, without Lenny, without Kent Brockman. Those are just a few of the characters that Harry Shearer voices on the show. I'm hoping that between now and the next season, uh, they'll find a way to either work it out where he does guest appearances, or they'll resolve this contract dispute one way or another. This isn't the first time this has happened, but this is the first time where an actor involved in one of these things has flat out said, I'm done. I'm not doing it. I washed my hands of it. Good luck. Really sucks to be a Simpsons fan right now. First, we had the death of Marsha Wallace. You know, then almost a year later, they announced the Simpsons DVD issue. Now this. Uh, I don't know what's next, and frankly, I don't want to know. Last but not least, everybody, it would not be a weird science dance geek news segment if I did not mention Suicide Squad. Now, surprisingly, David Ayer didn't leak this one. If somebody could do me a favor, send him a tweet, make sure he's okay. Uh, you know, because he didn't leak anything this week. Uh, but somebody did leak something. Somebody leaked some photos of Deadshot and Harley Quinn together. Uh, nothing major, you know. Harley Quinn sitting on a car, tattered stockings, daddy's little monster shirt. Uh, Will Smith's Deadshot comes in, carries her off. Uh, I'm not entirely sure where it's going. Uh, it, it could be nothing. It could be something. We'll find out. But of course, I needed to mention uh, Suicide Squad because that's become something of a running joke on this particular segment. That, of course, does it for Dan's Geek News for the week. I'm going to send it back over to Jim and Eric now, as always. Uh, if you guys want to follow me on Twitter, you can do so at twitter.com slash danstransky. You can check out my personal blog at 1138geekconfessions.wordpress.com. You can check out my DC Comics and Vertigo digital reviews here on the site. Uh, and that's pretty much all I have to share with you guys this week. Send it back over to Jim and Eric.
All right, we're back. That was Dan's Geek News. I hope everybody is still here. I hope Dan is alive, and I hope that we continue having Dan's Geek News. I don't know if Dan uh, will be back. People, A lot of hate. You know, if, if we went with the hate from the beginning of our site, we would not have a site, because I remember a lot of hate going down at the beginning. I cried. Uh, well, the best was a little story about when we first started, when we had like 10 people would come and look at our reviews and stuff like that. And somebody called me out on something. And it wasn't really big. And I said to Eric, like, oh. oh you told this story before. Did I? Yeah, I don't sure. even think. I think, I, I think that we never really got around to it. But uh, basically, Eric told me that, uh, you know, people, haters are going to hate, do that. And then somebody hated on him and he wanted to quit. He wanted it all to end. He got so upset because the, his hater was more personal and uh, attacking. Yeah, it was but pretty Jim, funny. Jim, they're talking about me yeah, now. <laughs> uh, we are going to do the books now, right? That's, yes, it's the, the book. book section. If you want to uh, not hear spoilers, I'd turn away now. If you don't want to hear crazy, hate-filled words, you probably want to turn this podcast off already since Eric's a hate-filled man. Oh, Jesus. And if you want to read full-out reviews of these books, not just hear us droning on about them, you can go to our site at weirdsciencedccomicsblog.blogspot.com, or if you're in India, that ends in .in. <laughs> you can see everything. But uh, this is, like I said earlier, the second week of the second month of convergence and the second week of the second month yes i have an i have an issue and we i don't know that we brought this up last week we brought it up uh, amongst ourselves this week i think but i really do miss the rundown of the cities that are fighting so in the books they they just completely got rid of that page and that, i really the, back, the background page at the end yeah yeah the background like i i really do I uh, wish that they would have had the other character that's fighting their background because that's more of the obscure things like the Electropolis people or, say, like a, the Tangent universe when we get to them later. Yeah, the big one, this would... is Kingdom Come this week. you know. Yeah, it's... yeah, but I would have liked to have seen a background of that. But I also, we start reading them and, you know, we read all, the, we're not just reading one book, man, we're reading all of them. And when it starts, I, I every time I'm like, who the hell's fighting again? Like, I know it's Catwoman, <laughs> but where the hell is she from? And who's she fighting? I mean, it's easy enough. Once you get going, you know. It just would have been nice. You open up the book. There it is. Oh, yeah. It's uh, Kingdom Come versus uh, Zero Hour. All right. They got rid of that page, and it just seems odd. I don't know why they did that. I also mentioned earlier this week is my least favorite of the whole month. And I stick with that. I really... I don't know. I, th I was leaning towards that myself this week, but I'm not sure. I, I have to give it. I don't know. I was jumping back and forth between what I thought were my worst weeks. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, that... orig originally, I thought this would be the, the greatest part. I know. And when we were talking about this, you said, oh, next week's my least. And I'm reading the books. You're like, that's a good one. Ooh, that's a good one. You're like, that's not my least favorite. Yeah, I, yeah. Uh, again, we also, that, that final month's a little off. It seemed I like, like it, though. I got, the, I got my Earth 2 stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think the final week is my second week. This is my worst. I, I do not like this week um, in this whole Convergence event. But also, if you have noticed, we have not talked really about the previews a lot that are in the back of these books, the previews yeah. for the June books. And we had talked about it. We're going to try to do an emergency pro uh, podcast, Eric. Emergency. <laughs> emergency. We're going to try to do a podcast where we speak only of those books. It'll be an extra one that week. 
Uh, hopefully, it would be the week before June. So yeah, that these things come. Uh, we're going to try to do it. it. It seems like it's a, a vast undertaking, but we'll try. We also Two have on podcasts the, in one yeah. week. Get out oh, of here! Oh my goodness gracious! We also have on the site that we have our little weird thoughts about the previews. We did that last week, and it actually was pretty popular. Yeah. Um, even though we just talk nonsense, I thought there's my first use of nonsense. I think this week, but yeah. you know, you we talked. talked talk we didn't review them. So, well, some places were actually reviewing these. They were reviewing them, and to me, that's just trying to grab views. That's a view grabbing process. There, they're they're eight issue. What are you going to review? I just it it feels off to me. Uh, though I did mention to you, and I wanted to do it, but then at the I end know. we decided not to, and we just put our thoughts in the one big. Bunch of, bunch of nonsense. All go. right. Well, here we go. We're going to start off the book section of this podcast with the big book. Convergence number six, written by Jeff King with Scott Liddell, with art by Ed Bennis, Eduardo Pensica, Trevor Scott, Scott Hanna, Wayne Foucher, and Peter Steigerwald. I like that guy. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Uh, this issue, everything goes nuts, including us, because we see our heroes from the New 52 universe, including dead ones. Yes. <laughs> Checking out the planet Telos, forcing itself into their universe. On the Convergence front, we see our Earth 2 wonders gathering heroes so they can fight Deimos, but it seems that Deimos has a roster all his own. That's, yeah. that's what I got there. That's what you got? Um, what did you think of this? Besides for that beginning where we see all the new 52 characters, mm -hmm. I thought that we actually got in some decent territory. Like, we're finally going to... We were promised a big-ass fight from the get-go of this. That's, it almost seemed like we were promised a fighting game for the whole two months of Convergence. Yep. And we've gotten that with the tie-ins a bit, but even though most of it was set up, and then half the shit doesn't even work and uh, like go down in issue two. But uh, it seems like we're finally going to get that with all these other characters from all these cities getting together to fight the good fight against Deimos. Yeah. Um... As far as the new 52 characters, I like that as well. I actually like that, and I think I've seen on the Internet that a lot of people think that Telos, the planet, coming into yeah. our universe is a bunch of hooey. Yeah. I, it intrigues me, actually. I think that that's pretty cool. And again, if this leads to the Earth 2 society living on this planet, but yet it's within our universe, I think that can open up some cool things as well. Um, I, I, I don't like it. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I kind of like it. It kind of ties it in with everything at least and makes it seem like it's going to matter a little more than when it started. At, at first, even Reggie was saying uh, in that mail that he doesn't like it because it just seems like it's not going to matter. Well, pulling it into our universe, to me, makes it seem like it's going to matter a little more. I just I'm confused with the characters. It makes no sense seeing all these dead characters. Also, somebody had spelled out I think on the site why is Kara upset about the Red Lanterns? Why she seems scared of them? And when well, she was I, one, and I, I put in my I I commented back to that because I believe that was Reggie on the site, and I was saying how it's I don't know if she was just showing like showing it up for uh, Superman who was with yeah. her like like I don't want to be like this Superman. I care. Weren't those the guys used to run with? No, yeah. no, I don't want to. But also, I see it like she was an addict of rage. Yeah. And when, like, some ad if there's addicts out there that are listening or recovering addicts, you know you don't want to fall back into the same routine. Yeah, you want to stay as far away from that as possible. It's just weird because she says to, to Superman, she's like, the Red Lantern's cow. And he's like, after what happened, I know you're uneasy around them. And maybe that is it. Maybe it's that. He know, like you said, maybe she's an addict. She's an addict of rage. She's uh, headed off to the bar, and now she's right back. She's no, I'm saying after we had that Supergirl where she went over to, um, I can't, the uh, the 
the hell was that school she was at? I can't even think of the name. Do you remember? Oh, uh, the Crucible. The Crucible, Crucible yeah. Academy. Yeah. The, she started growing as a character to where we wanted to see Supergirl and got her away from all that rage. Well, you know, now, it's, I, the funniest thing about this, before you go on with that, is that I. it's weird you mention that because it doesn't even seem like this would be that Supergirl. It's so weird. Like, that seems so out of the... the I don't know. Well, maybe, maybe it's not. Maybe this is before it because yeah. I'm saying, I don't know where the timeline or the, where Jeff King or Scott Liddell were going with this because we have all these... Ca- and I'm telling you, if this was a mis- like not a mistake, like this is them trying to say how shit's getting rewritten around them and maybe mm-hmm. this is like the new status quo. If not... That was the worst character lineup yeah. they could have chosen well, like, ever. Like out of the blue, they're going to tell you that this actually is what happened pre-New 52. And it, uh, no, no, not it's like crazy. that. It's just that it's, it's just that the universe is changing around them with Hello, uh, the planet coming into their universe. Or that I don't even know if it's something bigger than that. But having Guy Gardner's Red Lantern there, Zillia mm-hmm. Sox and Scallops are dead. They're there. Yeah. Uh, somebody pointed out Batman was there. He's dead in the main continuity now. The Guardians. Um, the Guardians, we have uh, Jediah Cole from Threshold, yep. and there was that one motherfucker, the only person I could not recognize. Yeah, I was going to mention that then. We don't know who that is. And that's bothering the hell out of and me. And he's like a, uh, looks like a Axl Rose looking guy with a red coat and an amulet on, and I've reached out to a couple people that I thought were a little smarter than us, right. and might know, and nobody knows. That's nobody. Crazy. I was going to give a shout out to Jeff King. See if he knew. I have a feeling that he might not even, because the guy doesn't talk. He doesn't have any talk. I, I don't know who that is. It's weird, though, that he's, like, right above Superman's shoulder. He's there. Right next to Guy. Yep. He's got red hair. Yeah, I, honestly, I thought it was Guy at first, and then yeah. I realized he's next to him. Yeah, yeah. It's very odd. And it, it, this amulet he has on, I don't think that's a mistake. It's something. Yeah. Uh, but you you try to enlarge it, and you can't really make anything out. Uh, it, it's very odd. I want to know who that is. Odd. And then we find out his name is Jason. Oh, and the Jason that the from, uh, from the preview? Yeah, and then it'll Justice all... Justice League? Yep, that'd be crazy. But yeah, um, there's a couple other things in this issue that uh, kind of bother me. I, one thing that made me laugh, though, is when Deimos... He's talking to Yolanda, and she's like, what are you going to do? You can't conquer... You know, you know, you can't control <laughs> them. Control them. I want to kill them so I can get magic of death. Yeah. What is that? <laughs> it's the stupidest <laughs> line I've ever heard. Um, why, why didn't you get, do it like you did with Warlord? Like Frank and Reggie yeah, pointed out. Why, this is so weird that all this stuff is just uh, just happening and, and nothing seems to tie in from an issue before and new things and things getting thrown about. But uh, there is also another thing that you would mention to me and I laughed when, when I looked at it because it's another one of these instances. This is a huge event for them, correct? Correct. How do you have characters called wrong names and misspellings? And this week continues because Dream Slayer is called what, Eric? Dreamweaver. There it is. Dreamweaver. Somehow he is now Dreamweaver. He is now the the subject of the Gary Wright freaking hit. What happened? How does this sneak through people? Dreamweaver. Because, like the rest of us, nobody knows the extremists. <laughs> I think that's just not only that, but I think they write it and just go with it. I, I don't understand. They, they keep making mistakes, and uh, I don't know. And, and um, again, the whole thing is going to uh, boil down to uh, Dick Grayson trying to tell Telos what he should, you know, try to make him feel better. And uh, I don't know. Do you like, yeah. do you like that whole part? 
No, honestly, I do not. Mm. It's like, okay, Dick Grayson is the most like important figure of this whole conversion, which is weird because Dan DiDio hates it, like freaking Nightwing yeah, and Dick Grayson. Yeah, yeah. But uh, having him be the guy to make this all good, just because he reached out to him and said, it was a sad sector. What you're doing is wrong. A lot of people told him what he's doing is wrong. Yeah. yeah I, I, don't, I don't understand. Uh, I did mention in my notes that I think it was a little creepy with Superman. He's like, I've been listening to everyone's conversation. <laughs> what are you doing, Superman? What a creep. Ay, ay, ay. But no, once we get past all the mistakes, like, if they are mistakes, I even had to spell it out in my review. I don't know if this is a mistake having these characters. Yeah, I know. That's, I'm really hoping it isn't. I'm yeah, really hoping well. that it, it really means something and they're going to explain it, that uh, shit's all getting thrown in together and it, that, you know, I, I don't know. Um, the other thing, though, is I like that Telos, that guy really wants to know his name. Yeah. Uh, I, I would laugh if at the end they're like, and it ends. And then Telos is just standing there like, what's my name? And they go, hey, your name's Chuck. <laughs> and then he just looks and he goes, Chuck. Chuck. And walks away. Yeah. That's all it was. It means nothing. But uh, at, at the end, after all this nonsense we're talking about, it does heat up a little and it gets pretty cool with everybody going to fight each other. Yeah. And you, you get the idea with uh, when Deimos sent out that call with basically, hey, don't worry about this contest. It's now between those who support me and those who don't. We're going to have a battle royale. Let's meet out in the desert, whatever. And then they, they go around, get people. And it seems like I told you, uh, basically, if you haven't killed anybody, you're on the good team. That's yeah. all that. That's the only way. That's the initiation. You killed somebody. Nope, you're in. I, I killed some up, oh, you're out. But I think there's going to be somewhere we see that that's bullshit. But, uh, it might be nonsense to some people, though, that it's just going to be a big fight. But that's what I wanted from this. I yeah. wanted it to be Marvel versus DC Part 2. You know what I'm saying? To a degree. I like the way the whole free-for-all yeah. was. And you get, you get a couple really cool um, splash pages of just villains and heroes. I yeah, thought it was, it was good pretty times. cool. And, the uh, art looked great. And I'm glad that I see that Aquaman lived. He didn't get eaten by those sharks that we thought last week. Ocean Master's with him. Uh, yeah, that's some bullshit because it looks like some of the Kingdom Come characters. Were, I don't see yeah. the Kingdom Come characters being on De- Deimos' actually, side. Actually, I wanted to point that out. Uh, Kingdom Come Wonder Woman, or yeah, Wonder Woman and Superman are on the bat. I don't agree with that. I don't no. think they would be. Uh, that they bothered me the most. Um, also, it looks like isn't that the um, the older Oliver Queen? Is with them, isn't that the? I guess I don't have it right in front of I, me. I'm looking at it, and that, that that didn't seem right to me. But yeah, some of them they just I think they had to even up things because you you want to have a Superman go against a Superman and say, yeah. oh, we'll give him here. Of course, you have Ultraman. He's there. Shazam's yeah. there, right in the front, being a dick, <laughs> as always. But man, uh, I like the art of this issue a lot. It was great. Yeah, I thought that it was pretty cool. And yeah, next next issue looks like it's just going to be a a battle. But I gave this a 6 out of 10 because after we got past that initial stuff, like I said, I enjoyed the issue for what it was. We're gathering a, we're gathering a group of people together so we can have this big epic fight, which I want to see. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I hope it's not confusing and I hope it makes sense. And I Me hope as well. that uh, they don't do any more nonsense because, man, it's, it's a lot of nonsense and a lot of... Uh, you know, misspellings and uh, edit issues, and I don't know. But hopefully, uh, Telos finds out his name is Chuck. And I, I probably would have given it a six. That's pretty. Your, that's pretty good. Your name score. is Justin. Yeah, Justin. All right. Your name is Tyler. Tyler. That's an awful name. That'd be yes. great. He's like Tyler. What? The? Your name is Moonbeam. Moonbeam. All right, I'll go with it. It's, it's, the, it's the end of Neverending Story. Moon child. Yeah. But nobody uh, can understand what now, they say. Yes. <laughs> The other thing about this is uh, everybody wants this big reveal of who Tellos. Do you really care? 
Seriously, I don't either. I really don't care who it is. It's going to be a big reveal. It's actually Conan the Barbarian. You're Dr. Occult. Yeah, it's some weird crossover. You're Anakin Skywalker. Holy shit. All right. Well, my next issue. No, that's impossible. impossible. (laughs) My issue uh, coming up now is Convergence Suicide Squad number two, written by Frank Thierry, art by Tom Mandrake and Cian Mandrake. Your name's Cian. No! <laughs> uh, or Cyan. Would you go sure. Cyan? I guess. Uh, now I sound like Dan going on with names. All right. Frank Thierry gave me one of my favorite Convergence issues of the Zero Hour week last month, but the second yes. time is not a charm. The Ew. issue started off strong, and I could watch and listen to Deadshot and Deathstroke fight all day. When the squad got to Nuoa, though, it felt like it lost direction. If you have wanted more deaths by suicidal bombings in Convergence, do I have an issue for you? The ending really left a bad taste in my mouth and just seemed unnecessary. That's my little write-up of that. Uh, yeah, I really liked that first issue. I really thought it was a strong issue. It gave you a lot of, uh, you know... You wouldn't, you wouldn't know it from listening to the podcast. Well, I know, because I nitpicked <laughs> a lot, but yeah. No, I, you, you edited it out. Oh, yeah, that was when I got mad and got <laughs> screaming and yelling. Uh, but I did. I really liked that issue. And then I started reading this issue, and it, it started off good. I'm like, okay. And I told you, I think that one of the best things to, in a Suicide Squad book, you have to have the tension within the group. And yeah. you, you certainly have it. Uh, then things went a little odd. And uh, my main thing was um, the dialogue between Amanda Waller and Lex Luthor as they approach New Oa. And I, I pointed this no out idea to you. Was going it on. was so bizarre he waller goes in after after she breaks up the deathstroke deadshot fight they they go past yeah, yeah. cyborg superman who's just staring there creepy and i love that i love so that he's I. just standing there i love cyborg superman yeah yeah so so they go in and they say to like they say to lex hey are we almost there oh we are but maybe i'm going to, to you know go again. it's so weird Maybe and, it's a trap. Yeah, maybe a this trap. is a trap. A maybe trap. so, but maybe not. Huh, Amanda Waller? I'm it, Lex Luthor. <laughs> it just, to me, it makes no sense whatsoever. No, me either. And um, so you go, and in fact, they're going. Did you get the idea they were in a spaceship heading towards New Oa? Not in the beginning. I did. So I saw I, the yeah. goddamn And spaceship. then all of a sudden they're in a ship, but it was yellow, which was cool. Yeah, it's like back that. to the old, uh, you know, anything yellow. I, I said in my review, I believe, where I was going to put that they should have jumped out and just started squirting mustard on everyone. And that, that's how you beat the Green Lanterns in the old days. But yeah, that's it was the thing. A, I, I don't know as well, though, because it's Alan Scott's Green Lantern. And yeah. I thought it's been since I think the last time I read Kingdom Come was 2001. And I might have been a little okay. stoked at the time. Yeah. But um, Alan Scott's powers don't work like that. He, I he just thought it was funny. I, I, I said why, but I'm saying though he can't affect what yellow. He has no problem. Yeah, I just think that you know maybe they got to mix. I thought it was funny. I went it was with funny. it. Um, but then he's they using get, Sinestro's power against yeah. Alan Scott. It's kind then of fun. They get to they get to Nuala, and then again it looks like they either blast it. Then I look at it a couple times. It looks like they just crash into it. Yeah, no I idea, don't man. No, the art was very confusing. Yes, that's one of my my main disappointment of this issue was actually the art, which I found um, very muddy. Yeah, and confusing. I really thought that it was it was off, and I didn't mind it last week. I thought, or last month, the the first issue. I thought the art fit the story. I thought it was really good. Me as well. Uh, I didn't think so. This this issue, um, 
So they they go, and then once they start fighting uh, Alan Scott and and the uh, the forces of Kingdom Come, there, I really yeah. thought the issue just. I I actually got a little bored. It it kind of, and it got more confusing with the art, and I didn't know what was going on. And then in the middle, you get Cyborg Superman. Um, takes control of some of the robot. He downloads some of the um, new OA robot villains from Kingdom Come. Am I right that that's how he's like, oh, now yes, I can get rid of this. He gets he rid of He was able to bypass the, the kill switch that Waller planted on. How does it look like he bypasses it? it looks like by he take, just, he by just, taking over their systems. It looks like, though, that he just grabs it and throws it off. It's well, very he, does, he does at that point because he was able to bypass it through yeah, his neural it's, it's network. Just, it's just so weird, though. It, it, that came off odd. Um, and then he just goes and attacks, which that doesn't seem odd. That no, would be what not. he would do. He was waiting for that. That's what he kill, was waiting this kill. whole time. He's going to kill everyone. I know I told you one of the reviewers uh, of this issue called <laughs> called it out that Cyborg Superman's a, a hero, and he would never do that. I'm, what are you talking about? I have no idea about? where he's coming from. And, and again, I think the guy was almost making like, I don't know anything about you know Kingdom Come or Zero. I, I don't know that much about it. I know Cyborg Superman's a villain. He's going to kill everyone. So out of nowhere, or out of right there, um, Carol Ferris decides, hey, I'm going to take care of this. First, I thought that was odd. First suicide bombing of the issue. Yeah. I told you that I had a, a problem with this because I couldn't figure out where Amanda Waller got hurt. That's where she got hurt. There Is was it? a huge I didn't yes. figure that out. I finally found it out. Uh, because look, it seemed like the big cliffhanger of last month's issue was, was she who, was shot, shot, Ama- who it, shot Amanda yeah, Waller. It wasn't. What happened is this bomb goes, and when I went and I was reading it again, um, I noticed that you see Waller in the one corner just flying off. So yeah. that blast that Carol Ferris did. And Carol Ferris, basically, you get the idea, okay, she was nuts the whole time. She just wanted Cyborg Superman. She was going to wait for the time that she could do this and destroy him for what he did. And she just, she does it. She hurts a lot of people, including Amanda Waller, who's bleeding out. Yep. Then Captain Boomerang steps up, shoots Lex Luthor in the head, right? Yeah. Uh, and in the meantime, you get this whole thing. Well, really, uh, the whole thing of uh, Captain Boomerang being a traitor, I, I don't go with it now. I think yeah. all, all hell is breaking loose. You, you, everything's up for grabs now. So this whole thing, then Amanda Waller seems to have a personal connection with Alan Scott out of nowhere. And, right. then, and then it just sends, I don't want to go you know, tit for tat of the issue, but Amanda Waller basically just ends the whole fight by blowing everyone up. She suicide bombs everyone. And is that a hero's ending? Or? It depends on who you're thinking of. I'm saying everybody's hero is another person's terrorist, I okay? I guess, well, I don't know who she's a hero for, except for at the end we see that Barbara Gordon's there with General Lane and they build a craziest, most ugliest statue I've ever I seen. I fucking like, hated that statue. statue. And um, I want to ask you a question. They have the earthquake happen while they're yeah. on New Oa. How do they feel it? The... The earthquake happens. She blows up thing. How long do you think that statue took to build? It looks like it would take a little bit. They got to yeah, get planning. They have to go through for some well, uh, funding. Lane tried to shrug the issue a little bit by saying, "You got this done real yeah, fast." Yeah, it can't be that because it's between the earthquake and Deimos' speech, and it seems like it would have taken too long. It really yeah. feels off. Um, again, once Deimos' speech comes, everybody's going to look at that statue and say, like. Man, they didn't have to do that. that was, yeah. Oh, no, that not was, at all. That was pretty stupid. Uh, and again, I, I, I really was I just, disappointed I, by this issue. I know, I'm saying, though, I know that Barbara Gordon and General Lane had no idea what happened on, on Nuella. No. But 
I for some reason just because we knew you didn't I like the cyborg it. Superman being there cyborg and Boomerang, Superman, Captain Boomerang, yeah. all these mo- evil motherfuckers who yep. like they started out villains but they died heroes. Yeah. Bullshit. That no, made me didn't. so angry. But I kn- I understand why they're all there because it makes sense because they don't know what happened. Yeah, all they know but it is made that it, me so angry. They know it blew up, but they also know that Waller just uh, Waller killed them all, and they know that because Barbara got that note. Yeah, uh, and uh, on her cue pad. I'm sure yeah. it was called, but yeah, um, it's weird because yeah, she just blew him up. She's a hero. The art was too muddy, and confusing, and I gave it a five point five out of ten. Yeah, but, I was not a real big fan of this. Yeah, I was disappointed. This was the issue I was most looking forward to going in, and, and it's uh, all because Captain Boomerang got cancer, and he was mad at Waller for it. Yeah, and uh, somebody called it out, and I agree that um, when you get cancer, you don't necessarily lose your hair. That's when you get the treatment. And he well, I'll ju- say, he's, he said he had it for weeks. Weeks. He, he figured out. I don't know when he get, went into chemo right away. Or well, right. I would think that he didn't go to chemo because he's basically saying that I'm taking care of shit this way. He doesn't expect to get better. And then it, uh, to me, they to me he went to the doctor and said, listen, you have inoperable cancer. You're done. Okay. Oh, where's my hair? Oh, let me put my hat on. I don't know. Is that how it works? Is that how cancer works? No, I don't believe it is. No. Uh, you got to get rid of cancer. That's why I'm getting rid of you out of this podcast, Eric. You're done. Oh, yeah. Then you're going to have to start paying 3XL. That's right. 3XL. Oh, yeah. He wants money. All right. That's all I have to say about that story. Fair enough. Next, we got Convergence, Green Lantern, Parallax, number two, written by Tony Bedard, with art by Ron Wagner, Bill Reinhold, and Paul Mounts. Yes. Parallax continues his mad plan to destroy Electropolis for their slight against him and hurting Kyle Rayner. But here we learn that he's destroying the city so that he can get the attention of Telos so that he can take on the mad planet himself. And we see our first city destroyed, depending on your reading order for this, because Parallax just straight up destroys Electropolis. Mm-hmm. Surprisingly, even though I never mentioned any... Oh, I'm sorry, I, I just skipped ahead of a bunch of shit I was reading. <laughs> oh, goodness. I know, but um, surprisingly, even though I never mentioned anything to do with him, Kyle Rayner has a bigger appearance in this one. Because that was one of my main problems with the first issue, is that it's Green Lantern Parallax, but pretty much all we Kyle Rayner took a hit, he goes down, Parallax spends the rest of the issue hurting shit. Yeah. But here we have, uh, you know, Parallax continue to hurt shit, and that's it, while Kyle, Kyle tries to reach out to him with a no-go. Yeah, Kyle, Kyle won't give up on him. He keeps too- trying. Until the end, though, it's like where we end this issue is Kyle finally realizes after Electropolis is destroyed, Princess Fern is evaporated before his eyes screaming because they get another attention. Attention, Electropolis has been destroyed. This city has won. You know, it's and then, oh, no. Ah! Yeah, that's that's the actual thing that stuck with me the most out of the two things that stuck with me. uh, You had told me, man, before I read it, man, Parallax, it's off panel so odd they're just like yep he won and yep. then the, this announcement that we really have never seen in any of the other issues no. where it's like you've won round one <laughs> and like, what what is going on it's it just i don't know see it's it, weird to me though because the city was destroyed but wasn't it about the champions defeating yeah i, I don't i yeah it, i don't know it was and, weird this issue to me by the end i was i was actually a little confused about the rules again Oh well, yeah, I'm and, saying they're always going to have the problem with the rules in yeah, these. Yeah, the round one, yeah. round one. Um, <laughs> but I, I love the art. 
Yeah, um, I love the art as well. I really like Kyle Rayner, but yeah, I, I don't know. Like I said, seeing that the wind comes off panel, destroying a city and not a champion, and then the crazy ending where there's like all just around, hey, Kyle, they're all laughing and he's hanging out. He does, He looks pissed. Yeah, I'm saying, because that's where he finally gives up on Hal. It's like, the good man that Hal was Mm -hmm. is all gone, and all that's left is Parallax. Because there's no reaching him anymore, because Parallax is going to go off and try to find Telos and make him pay, for some reason. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And we spend a lot of time in this issue, like, uh, when Electropolis is going to defend itself from Parallax... And for some reason, we have to spend time knowing that they have lightning rays, and it's a good thing, too, because lightning scrambles the brain and it makes it hard to concentrate because it takes all the willpower we have to make this Green Lantern thing. Where I'm like, come on, guys. Yeah. It's not my first Green Lantern rodeo. You don't got to go into this. I know. I, again, you, 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 we run into this of, of now and again in all these issues where they're trying to um, spell out things to new readers or newer readers. If somebody went into this issue... And needed to know that, they're in big trouble. Because they will not know what's going on. They will be so confused. Like, what, this guy? And why is he shaking? Oh, no, now we put him in a rocket? Yeah. (laughs) That actually was pretty funny. Uh, But, yeah, the other thing uh, that got me was... They kind of made a plan where they were going to, everybody was going to be okay with each other. And yeah. Brigham, what's her name, just decides the electronics. No, 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 it's, it's not even that. It's the, like Kyle made a plan. Look, he, go, he goes to the government because Lady Quark and uh, Lord Bolt are out, Princess Firm's out, so yeah. these people are in charge. And Kyle comes in and says, Look, I'm going to help your asses stop Parallax. Just do me a favor, contact Princess Fern, and tell her not to destroy yeah. my city while I'm gone. Now, okay, we're going to do that. Thanks, man. As soon as he leaves, Princess Fern. Avenge us! Destroy the city! Yeah, I don't think she got that note. (laughs) She didn't care. And Kyle Rayner finds out, oh no, what about the plan? I've altered the plan. Pray I do not alter it any further. I don't alter it any further than that. Oh no, you got Swamp Thing powers! All this crap. Very odd. Uh, What did did you give it? Honestly, now that we're talking about it, I think I gave it a little high. It's 7.5 out of 10, but uh, I really just like seeing old school Kyle Rayner. He is my favorite Green Lantern. I was happy to see more of him in this issue because I was a little disappointed last issue because we didn't get to see as much. Yeah, I'm telling you, I would have probably given it a 6. And and basically, when I was reading it, I kind of got a little bored. Yeah, I I know. I was just going through and I'm just like, eh. Here we go. And again, I mentioned this in a couple of my reviews. I don't know that it was boredom over the story itself or just the whole Convergence yeah, formula. Burned out. Yeah. I'm burned out. I don't know what it was, but this was one of those where I'm telling you, I have um, one note for this whole issue, and I just put that I hated that the, you survived the first round of combat. Uh, what right. the hell is that? Other than that, everything was just, yeah, I figured that would happen. Okay, Kyle's yeah. giving up on... on how and then it ends with the crazy continued in convergence. I go, what's that all about? On yeah. sale now. Yeah, yeah, it's very <laughs> odd. Um, yeah, uh, you want me to go on to the next one? Um, just trying to think of anything because there was not much to yeah, this. That's issue. what I'm it's, saying. It's there there continu- wasn't a lot to it. There's a continued death and destruction that we had in the first issue, which I was like thinking that maybe we'd get more here, which we did seem to get a little bit more. We got more interaction between Kyle and Parallax, which is big because in the first issue, it was just Kyle talking to sad sack mopey Hal Jordan in his jail cell. Dome goes down. He breaks out death to destruction. Here we actually have uh, Kyle trying to reach Hal, but it's all for naught. You know, yeah. it's, it just doesn't get us anywhere except for the conclusion where he just, just keeps going to destroy shit. Yeah. Yeah, I again, I just I kind of tuned everything out. It seemed, uh, you know, I was I didn't review this, so I was yeah. just reading it for the podcast. But as just a guy reading it, 
I thought it was a little off. I just it just seemed like you said it was a lot of nothing. Yeah, maybe I scored just a little to... high. Yeah, you you will be your high scores. Usually, I'm the one who goes. Yeah, I was gonna say you're scores. the high score. Yeah, not this week. Uh, especially this next book. This book got me angry. I actually was angered by this book, and it's Supergirl or Convergence Supergirl Matrix Number Two, written by Keith Giffen, art by Timothy Green the Second. You mean Funny Man Keith Giffen? Funny man, Keith. I'm actually, I'm, I'm, I'm almost down right now. I, I've lost some oomph <laughs> on this whole thing. Just thinking, I have to talk about this book. But uh, here's what I wrote up about it. I wish I never read this two-part convergence story. Yeah, that's it. Now I. <laughs> while other books in this event got me interested in stories and characters outside my wheelhouse, this one just made me angry. I'm sure Keith Giffen fans will enjoy seeing Ambush Bug again, but could he at least do something more than make spackle jokes? I think it's high time to send funny man Keith Giffen to the joke store for some new material. <laughs> His act is really getting old. And I'm telling you, I, he does um, whatever is involved behind the scenes, but he writes Justice League 3000 and the yeah. upcoming 3001, one of my favorite books. I really like it. I don't like Keith Giffen. I don't. I know there's a lot of people who are fans, and I said to you, he's like the, um, the potty humor version to me of uh, Grant Morrison. Yeah. If you don't like him, people will claim you don't get it. Oh, you don't have a sense of humor. Oh, you know. To me, these jokes are it. They're they're just they're played out. They're yeah. so old. The the whole idea again. I I really do enjoy a um, break the fourth wall type of deal. I really like it. I I don't mind that at all. I think it's funny when it's used uh, with discretion. And in the appropriate place, this, I don't think this is it. Uh, I'm telling you, I might be a. Uh, a uh, sad sack. I don't, what am I saying? A poo-pooer? A negative a poo-pooer? Nancy? There we go. Um, but in an event like this, when you get an a issue like this one, it just ends up like, what the hell are you doing? Why are you doing this? I don't and, understand. why. And the, and the end of it, nothing happened. No, nothing at all. They don't even end the fight. No. Uh, through this whole thing. Now, I do have a couple things I liked. I like seeing the different worlds. You got Commandi's world, you got Cap's hobby shop. That's fine. It, it was it, until we went to the frigate 31st century and yeah. saw Red Sun Superman symbols. Yeah, that, I said that you're in the 31st century and there's Red Sun Superman out of nowhere. I think something got really screwed up there. I like seeing Matter Eating Lad. Is that his yeah, name? Matter yeah. Eating Lad. He calls him Matter Eater Lad. Yeah, uh, and again, maybe that's him busting on him, but it, it seems stupid to me. Okay, this is how it goes. Hey, Keith, you want to get involved in this? Uh, the, actually, I don't even say that. I think they're having a um, meeting for convergence. This is months right. ago, and uh, there's Dan DeDio. You got Jeff Johns. You got all the big hitters, and they're there. All of a sudden, Keith Giffen finds out they were having this meeting. He comes storming into the office. It's like, hey, guys, get they have the door locked. He's banging on. Like, <laughs> Everybody, be quiet. And then he's like, I hear you in there, guys. I hear you. So, like, let him in. Oh, shit. And they're like, okay, what's going on, guys? What's going on? I hear something important. Oh, uh, yeah, we're having this event, but we know you're busy. Just, you know, stand down. You know, go rest a little, Keith. You, you've done a lot. No, no, I went in. I want a story. I, I want a story. And they're like, what do we have, guys? What we give him? Hey, how about we give him Supergirl Matrix? Nobody wanted that. Oh, okay, we'll give you that. And he's like, all right. And then he goes off. And as he's begged to be in it, as he goes, he goes I'm really going to show them. I'm going to screw <laughs> this up. And that it seems like he is uh, giving the finger to DC with this, and that can be funny. Okay. That could also be like uh, I told you, like Stone Cold Steve Austin, yeah, uh, from yeah. the uh, from the wrestling. That he's like, yeah, and everybody likes it when somebody sticks it to the boss, right? 
I don't. And everybody loves it. I, but I'm a very timid fella. Yes. <laughs> this just comes off as just stupid. And again, when you want to do this, when you want to make fun of something, especially an event that you're in, you're going to make fun of, oh, we read, you know, the fourth wall stuff. It has to be clever to me, and it has to make sense, and it has to be bigger or better than other things in that event for it well, to be like funny. Well, it's like we talked, it's talked about, like, the Threshold earlier. Keith Giffen wrote Threshold, and it took me forever to try to get into that series because it was full of stuff like this. Yeah. And then even Laura Fleece, I was all excited. Laura Fleece get, and then it was all these freaking potty humor and stupid yeah, again, jokes like and that. Here's a book that um, I like, uh, Harley Quinn, Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Connor. I really like that book. They have a mix of, um, you know, fart jokes, some sexual stuff, but it's also when it's good, it's because they got us, they put a story to it. When they right. had Power Girl show up, it was the best of all that issue because then it's not just jokes. I don't want a book where I open it up and, I, oh, there's a joke. And, and Keith Gibbons' idea of jokes are always like, a, you know, uh, for a writer, you have person who scribbles things. It's, yeah. it's crap like that. It's, it's played out. I'm sick of it. I'm done with it. Uh, I like the art in this issue, though. I did, too. Yeah. It was really a callback to the 90s style of yeah. Supergirl. Yeah. But, uh, after reading this issue, though, it really should have been called Convergence Ambush Bug Number One. Yeah, it should have been. There was no—I mean, Supergirl was there with this all. This whole story was just a, a way to get Ambush Bug involved. Yeah. And and again, if you made it tie into something that okay, he's a fourth wall guy who can teleport and all this and make it seem important, like oh my god, this really is something. Somebody's done something. There's a cop going by. Um, they do this story. And make, but at the end, basically, you see Supergirl and uh, Lady Vault fighting, and there's Ambush Bug with his suitcase and acting like he's Bugs Bunny. I'm saying all he, all it was was he kept doing Bugs Bunny bits. Yeah, it was like stupid. He, got, he got Lady Vault to go against Supergirl by saying, "But didn't you just say we were going to like screw her over? You're going to screw me over? No, why? No. Why? How dare you?" Well, and I then wish... they start fighting, and then we end. Ain't I a stinker? Yeah, I wish he would have taken a freaking wrong turn in Albuquerque. Because Jesus Christ, see that's funny. That's a joke. I also did enjoy the Spider-Man amalgam, the Louse. I thought that. I thought that was okay. But again, that, that would be okay if it was just a side. That, that, this whole thing, uh, the art, like I said, was good. I really liked um, Timothy Green's versions of the Future Zen characters. I thought, yeah. they were, I thought they were really good. And I've seen, we've both seen some really bad renditions of those in this event. Yeah. Uh, that was pretty good. But yeah, this issue was a bunch of nonsense. I gave it a 2 out of 10. It got me angry. I'm getting angry again. <laughs> and I don't want to talk about it anymore. And now we'll right. talk about a book that I enjoyed. That's Convergence yes. Superboy number two, written yes. by Fabian Nasizia, with art by Carl Maline, Jose Marzen Jr., and Hi-Fi. Hi-Fi. All right. The Metropolis kid just can't use his words. Kingdom Come Superman just wants Khan to sit down and talk things out, but Superboy is having a hero complex and isn't about to hear anything that doesn't involve him punching. Eventually, though, after he accidentally hurts Lois Lane and Kingdom Come Superman gets kind of scary... Superboy is willing to talk and afterward trust the Kingdom Come heroes enough to take a dive in this fight. Mm-hmm. I really, really like Superboy from the 90s. I, I'm saying I like all the iterations of Superboy as long as it's not Con- I like Connell, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Fabian knocked this out of the park for me. Like, there was somebody on the site that commented how he felt that the Kingdom Come characters weren't treated, like, handled properly. Mm-hmm. But like I said, I haven't read Kingdom Come since 2001, and that wasn't really my focus on this. It was all about Superboy to me, and I love the super, this Superboy that he portrayed here. Yeah, I did too. Uh, going back to what you said about in Convergence, you get this uh, Kingdom Come Superman 
who appears to be on the bad guy's side in that convergence yeah. issue, it doesn't make sense. Because no, this Superman here. is a good dude. Yeah. He's not a bad guy. He's actually the guy who's got the sensible head on him and realizes that he's just, you know, hey, uh, Khan's just a, a kid. He's brash. We've got to kind of uh, convince him. He's kind of trying to show him how to, to do things. Well, that's the best part is that he, like in his mind, he needs to become Superman. He's the protector of the city, mm-hmm. and he's not going to have anybody slow him down and stop him. And the greatest part, like last issue, is that we have the telepath Double X narrating this book for us. So yeah. we get the insights of Superboy, the Kingdom Come characters, even himself. Yeah, it was a good device that they used. It was for such that. a good device. Yeah. It worked so well. And I love the fact that Superboy is so hell-bent on protecting the city and fighting this Superman that he is destroying the city, and it's going to be completely t- uh, like destroyed in 30 minutes, Double X says. Yeah, yeah. And finally, after he hurts Lois, and he, if I, t- I was scared as hell when like, Lois Lane got hurt, and Superman oh, yeah. came to come, you child. I know. Oh, oh, I, like, oh I thought fuck. that was it. I thought that was the turn. I thought that he was going to go full out bad, then like, you will never. No, he just, he's just, he's mad at him for, you know, going a little over the top. Yeah, and then Superboy finally gives him, like, look, because Superman tells him, if you take a dive here, we can figure this out and try to, fig- like, you know, take this fight to Telos. We don't have to have any of our cities destroyed, but I, we need you to stop fighting right now so we can do this. Yeah. And then Superboy finally gives in, and I love the art, but I don't know if it had to be this art. Superman punches him so hard. It's a full full page yep. of Superboy's face getting mashed by Superman. And it's awesome art. I just don't know if he had to be that harsh. I, he's but bleeding. I'm telling you, my favorite part of the book was the end because after Superboy is out, Red Robin says, I don't know if I could have made this decision when I was his age. And that's what really makes him a Superman. And we have a big like zoom in on the S on his chest. And I got chills just re- oh, reading yeah. that book. It yep. works so well. And they're mo- there's chills. There's chills, Jim. Chills. They're, multi- they're multiplying. Yeah. All right, so my code has dropped out there when I was going on and on about Superboy. But do you know what hasn't dropped, Jim? What's My that? love for this book. Oh, oh, now that is a good one. Yeah. You're talking gave... Grease, and now your call dropped. I didn't know where you were going. I told you that Connell would have made a good T-Bird with sure that would. leather jacket. He'd be riding the Grease of Lightning. <laughs> and now you're back, and you you loved it. What did you give I did. It? I gave it a 9.5 out of 10. I loved the first issue, which I gave a 9. I loved this even more. Yeah. 9.5, baby. So, uh, overall, do you think this is your favorite overall book of the event? Is that that, that sinks? I, I don't remember you giving a lot of nines. Uh, yeah, I gave a couple. Um, so far, this is. I'd have to go back because I really loved that last question last week. Oh, yeah. You know what? That's true. You really like that. Mine has been Superman, but uh, the books that you have done um, that I just read, this and right. the question, are, are right up there. Yeah, that's definitely... I love this book. So I'm sorry, I'm fucking like I'm a fanboying out about this right now. I just really enjoyed it, and I think everybody should have gotten this series for the times. Did Superboy at all make spackle jokes or quote Bugs Bunny? No, never. Okay, that's that must be why I didn't get angry about it. Uh-huh. Oh, one more, one more thing I want to say is that I just wish Kingdom Come Superman would have gotten the idea that Khan does not like being called boy, and he just yeah. kept doing it. He just kept calling him that. That would have been good. Well, Listen, uh, boy. Before we end, too, I want to say um, this actually was one of those issues that kind of was like, hey, we're going to fight. They fought. They stopped, said something, fought again. It ca- but I didn't mind it. Because I really liked the dialogue. I liked the uh, characterizations of both of them. I liked how it was going. There's some of these where, like I said, in that Suicide Squad, they were fighting. And just the, the little bit of fighting, to me, was it was overdone, and I wasn't into it. This one, I liked it. It could have went on even more. 
Yeah, I, I just like the whole thing. Another great part I didn't get into though. We had Double X going and doing all the narration, like I said. Mm-hmm. But on top of that, like getting the insights on these characters, we saw how the Kingdom Come characters are such great heroes. Because while Superboy and Superman are fighting, Flash and Red Arrow, um, Red Arrow, Red Robin are around the city, saving all the people from the destruction they're causing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty good. I liked a lot. I would have given it a nine nine five as well. Yeah. So there, we're agreeing a lot tonight. That's weird. Excellent, excellent. Ah, you know what we're also in agreement of? What's that, baby? The next section is Ryan Brightest Daycare Clark's Other Side. We agree with that? No, I don't think I am. Okay, well, then we won't do that. We're not going. The next (laughs) book I'm doing is uh, 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 this uh, version or episode of The Other Side is going to be Ryan talking about Warren Ellis' book, Injection. Injection number one. All right. You know anything about Injection number one? Not a damn well, thing. It's by Image Comics. I actually might read it. I'm sh- I listened to uh, Ryan's review ahead of time. Listened to it last night. And I like the idea of what he's telling me about this book. So everybody what? enjoy. Hey, hey, why, hold on. Why isn't Ryan reviewing Puppet Master number three? I actually, did you see? I was asking him about Puppet Master because Ryan, in the meantime, works at a comic book store, I guess, on the weekends. Kind of seems like it might be kind of like how your setup to, was. Yeah, yeah. Like to, yeah. So he must have a friend or whatnot. And so he, he fills in or goes in just for the fun of it, make a couple bucks. I don't know. Yeah. But he was there and he said to me, I sent him a note. Hey, you're going to do your segment. Let me know when you're going to do it. And this was actually after we had ditched the podcast last night or no no this was before because then okay. i talked to him later yeah it was before because he was working at the comic book store he wasn't there at 10 at night um so i was talking to him and in the meantime he's like yeah i'm at the comic book store what i said hey anybody there asking about convergence or is everybody just grabbing up the uh, marvel secret Wars stuff and he's like secret wars he's like nobody yes. nobody wants convergence i'm like yeah that's what i hear whatever then I, we see these sales somebody's lying i think it's Ryan. <laughs> in the meantime one of your favorite series has a book out uh yes, puppet it master and it has three issues out um and it's by um who does it action lab action lab <laughs> So I sent him a note like, hey, does your store carry the Puppet Master book? I'm only asking that because I just, I just wanted to see. It wasn't like I was saying it was great or, or whatnot. I just wanted to see if anybody was carrying it on the shelf. And he said no. said that it was probably something awful that you like, of course. And I said, yes, it is. Uh, then you saw me talking to him and said that we were trash talk. I wasn't really trash talking. I was just asking. And then he brought up that other, like, zombie sluts from hell or whatever. Zombie that tramp. Yeah, zombie. And I, uh, yeah, I said that we had actually mentioned that yesterday and we're laughing at it. But, yeah. Sleazy Rider. Sleazy Rider. He is not doing Puppet Master. He's not oh. doing Zombie Tramp. He's not doing uh, some Padawan book for Star Wars. He's doing Warren Ellis' Injection Number 1. And here it is. Hello and welcome to another weekly edition of The Other Side, your only place for non-DC Comics reviews on the all-DC Comics Weird Science DC Comics podcast. I am, as always, your host, Ryan Brightest Daycare Clark, and this week I bring you Injection number 1 from Image Comics. And Injection is written by Warren Ellis with Art by Declan Shalvey and colors by Jordi Belair, which is the team who brought life to the all-new Marvel Now's Moon Knight. The crew is back for one last job, except I hope it's not really their last, and that job is Injection. And boy, this book book is very British. 
It's so British, I think, that it could actually, in a meta sense, take place on the tip of a single hair in Alan Moore's beard. The story, though, focuses on a character named Maria Kilbride, which is a great name, and how she and several other very British characters were brought together by a group called the Ministry of Time and Measurement, very British, and a group mysteriously called FPI to form a collective known as the Unit. There isn't much detail really given as to what these what this group does or what any of the other groups do in that matter. Uh, but within the context of this issue, it's definitely some pretty MI6 level spy kind of stuff. Um, this book is really different from that last Ellis and Shelby book, Moon Knight. Uh, it really seems, even though it's totally different than that, uh, really seems like it's found a, its own its own place. Uh, this is definitely not a story for anyone who's looking for a class, classic mask versus capes knuckle duster kind of book. I, I don't see that coming up at all, even a little bit. Uh, this book really seems to be cerebral, and the story really seems to not be too action-packed, but take place a lot within the characters' minds and also the readers' minds as well, which is really par for the course for Warren Ellis uh, at this point. Declan Shalvey's artwork is, as always, fantastic, and Jordi Belair's colors really help to bring the whole story together. Um, the book has an overall tone that is pretty brooding and dark, but does find a way to, in some moments, uh, really have fun in as British a way as possible. This is, is shown perfectly in the final scene of the book where Bridget, a very British lady, who is in this sneaky spy group, the unit, who gets called in for IT support, which is odd enough, but in reality, the IT support she's called in to give is a very grisly murder scene. And this person is in a room, and they're surrounded by all these screens. They have, he has his cell phone, and every single screen in that room shows the same um, pill-shaped hypodermic needle logo that's on the cover of the book That's obviously has something to do with a lot of what's going on in this, this book. Something inject The injection has a bigger part to play in this that we don't really know after one issue. But she she takes one look at this room where this this person brought her in as as to do IT support, seeing that it is a grisly murder and this logo is everywhere, and she turns to this guy and says, Have you tried turning it off and on again? Which is a line that was most popularized in the British comedy series The It Crowd. It crowd, IT crowd, I, I could never tell what was the proper pronunciation. So there is really a very delicate balance of the dark and gruesome with some lightness and humor, which I really enjoyed. This was a strange book, to say the least, and I'm sure in no small part because of the fact that I am decidedly not very British. 
It was a very engaging read, though. The whole time I was really excited to read it, and by the time I got through to the end, I was wanting to know more, and I'm ready to come back for more. So as far as a first issue goes, it I think it accomplished its goal very well. All told, this was a really solid first issue from a team who really seems to know each other really well. They obviously work well together, so much so that when they were done with their project at Marvel, they started their own thing at Image with no time at all in between, basically. Uh, there doesn't seem to be anything that's going to stop Warren Ellis and Declan Shalvey from creating more unique and strange comics that don't really fit any sort of predetermined categories, which is great. And this book was really just a lot of fun, and I definitely suggest checking out this and their Moon Knight run 100%. They're both really great. Um, and uh, quick thanks to Reggie for last week's suggestion to read Manifest Destiny. I picked up the first digital volume and was floored. It's such a weird book that, you know, having it recommended to me, I've read it. That's another recommendation for you. Image Comics, Manifest Destiny. It's Lewis and Clark and Sacagawea with weird buffalo-headed minotaur monsters and plant fungus that take over people's bodies and turn them into zombies. And it sounds like I just made this up, but it's it's real. It's a thing, and it's great. So big ups to Reggie for the suggestion. Keep them coming. As soon as I get a chance to, I'm definitely going to have that book be one of the, the issues I review here on the other side and welcome any and all new books, jumping on points, new arcs to look at and to, to bring into my reviews here. Uh, as always, you can find me on Twitter at BDC Comics. I post all of my reviews, not just DC, but all the other stuff on tumblr.brightestdaycare.com and I have pages on Facebook and Google Plus as well and I will see you all next week on the other side alright and that's Brightest Daycare Ryan Clark's other side segment hey you know what I got during that segment what an email from Full Moon offering me special on this mystery box they're doing hmm. who's on that mystery box I uh, saying, get, get, I don't know, it's just, it didn't I happen. I think that's that Dr. Mordred is the actual Probably. guy they put on the box. It says, get a box every month for six months, chock full of crazy DVDs, Blu-rays, merch, and surprises. Three free issues of Delirium Magazine in each series. Plus, mm. the first 50 subscribers to the new series, too, will get a free film script signed by the director and principal cast. All right. Full Moon's offered me a bunch of stuff. And Full Moon is uh, the ones they, that they'll you can give them fifty cents and you'll be listed as a producer, correct? On some, yeah, I'm saying, and so everybody knows Full Moon is the creators of the Puppet Master series. Yeah, nobody knows. They're all like, yeah. "What the hell is he talking about, Puppet Master?" Puppet Master oh, wants five great flicks. What are those? The ripoff of Chucky? Uh, <laughs> puppet so. Master, you're a big Puppet Master fan. I'm a I'm a big fan of Number Seven, I think. Is that the seven, one that's a clip that's, show? No, that's eight legacy. Oh yeah, yeah. Seven, and everybody wants Puppet Master. Just go see eight. You'll get it all. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. You know what we're gonna get seven, now? Seven, oh, Jesus Puppet Master. Christ! Where are the crickets? <laughs> oh my goodness! This is why uh, Melissa Joan Hart follows you for all this Puppet Master talk. She loves it. I should talk more about Puppet Master on my yeah, Twitter. You should. You should talk more of yourself in the mirror. 
and then there might be one person who enjoys hearing it because I don't even think you like listening to yourself half the time. Why are you so mean, man? Because you're a jerk. You know what I did during this break with Brett Sticker? I, I learned to hate you even more. That's wow. what I got. And I made mac and cheese. All right. You're going to start eating in the microphone like you no. did before? No. No. I'm just going to open up soda pop and light my cigarettes all day. All right. That's all you do. That's it. That's what. That's your main contribution of the webs are the podcast. Lighting cigarettes. You son of a bitch. I'm going to go cry now. You know uh, who else is a son of a bitch? Who's that? Everybody in Justice League International except Ted Cord. That's who. All right. They don't remember special days, Eric. And what I'm talking about is Convergence, Justice League International number two, written by Ron Mars, art by Mike Manley, Joe Rubenstein, Burt Blevins, and Soto Color. Why are you yelling, Dan? Soto Color, because I'm angry at you. Here's what I have to say about this issue, Eric, in a little gentler voice. All right. Ron Mars continues giving fans a very personal Ted Cord story. This time with twice the amount of blue beetles. Yup, when Kingdom Come Wonder Woman insists on fighting, the two blue beetles slip away and crack wise and fight Telos' robots. When they return, the battle is over. Kingdom Come won, Eric. But all is not lost. The JLI go back to their headquarters and reenact 16 Candles, which we all know is the best John Hughes movie ever. Except for Jake Ryan is a rapist. Eric, in this version, though, Booster Gold is Jake Ryan. Actually, I don't know. I guess Farmer Ted's the rapist. Jake Ryan's just an enabler. But Jake Ryan remembered the birthday, didn't he? Hey, Eric, we're back. All right. Your call dropped again. We're having a lot of issues. We're not supposed to do this podcast. No, I don't think my my mic got ruined. I think Reggie has hexed us. He's bought a voodoo (laughs) doll of a little guy with a headband and uh, an eye patch. So a big guy with a headband. No, it's a doll. Just like your puppet masters. Is Blade a big guy? Blade could be based on a nine-foot guy. He's a doll. I'm just saying, if you had one of both of us, yours would clearly be the littler one. You're a jerk, Eric. <laughs> Back to my voices. Uh, so we were talking about Justice League International, and I said that Booster Gold's Jake Ryan. And I believe that you said that Jake Ryan isn't a rapist. It's actually no, a it's Farmer a farm. Ted. Yeah, Jake Ryan's an enabler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If anybody that hasn't seen 16 Candles, just go right now and watch it and come back because that is my favorite John Hughes film. So there, I hate Breakfast Club. I said it, it on this podcast over and over. I hate it. I don't like it. Sixteen Candles is mine. That is not the reason. It's because I like Sixteen Candles. A lot of fun. Long duck dong. No more Yankee, my wanky. All right. So in this issue, starts off with Wonder Woman and Shazam talking about whether or not they should go and fight, and that they should. It seemed odd to me. It seemed a little off. How did it seem to you? I thought it felt fine. Did it? I think that it was kind of a forced issue because that's what they set up with uh, Booster and Martian Manhunter. Yeah. And they wanted to make it seem like, hey, these two teams are more alike than you would, you would yeah. ever imagine. Uh, so it happened. But I did really enjoy that Ted Kord says, hey, I don't want the people in the city to get hurt. Let's go outside the city. Let's go in this uh, desert. And I think it's funny that more people didn't do that because this desert is right outside the city. Well, it's because Ted Cord just watched Man of Steel. Yeah, I, I said that in my review. He watched <laughs> Man of Steel, and he knows what people don't like. But, yeah, Superman and Superboy were just fighting it out in the city. Uh, they could have just taken it outside. But um, <laughs> the, the fight begins. It's a pretty cool splash page. Again, it's like in Convergence. Like I said, I always love, like, a multiple character going to beat the crap out of each other. 
uh, deal. But then all of a sudden this issue just leaves the battle. The battle gets left behind. Yeah. Uh, it was so odd that you're waiting for this. This is, the, you know, again, I, com- I complained a bunch of these issues where these battles weren't a great payoff. and But it's weird to just leave it all together. And how I said to you is a lot of times – these books seem to the battle interrupted a good story. This time, it seemed like we might even get a really good battle. Yeah. And when Beetle meets Beetle, off they go, and they're going on. It's like uh, they're excellent adventure. They're <laughs> they're cracking wise, which again, corny jokes, but they fit. They fit the characters. I thought. Did, did they say excellent in air guitar? I think they did. I, you know what? If they would have air guitared, I wouldn't have thought anything different of it. I, <laughs> I would have actually laughed. I wish they would have. Um, they go in and then they're fighting, they're together. Their Telos is uh, robots kind of throw in a little bit more of that um, wonky rules type thing. Like you didn't really see that a lot. They they were uh, they were kind of spelled out at the beginning of Convergence, I believe, in either a Convergence issue itself, maybe two, where they were outside the city so that the people, the citizens, couldn't go. Yeah. But really, if, if the if Blue Beetle fighting Blue Beetle, even if they don't seem to be fighting, they should have free reign. They they go around. They might be. You know what I mean? These robots seemed odd to me, but again, it was just to tie them, tether Agreed. them to I- the fight. I didn't mind it though because they were like the rest of the characters were already outside the city fighting. Yeah. They were trying to break off and go beyond to go to like you know find another solution themselves. Just, so they went further out into the unknown. Yeah, but it seemed like in like an old school video game where you go to the boundary of the and it kind that's of that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, that's what it reminds me of. It's like you get too far out and either it gives you like a countdown if you don't get back you're you're dead or it just teleports you back in. Uh, to me, it you just seemed a little weird. Ball. Again, it was just it was just a device to keep them around the battle, but also to have something for them to fight. And they do. They they kind of bond together. Uh, the Kingdom Come Blue Beetle gets knocked under um, a rock. Rock and, pillar, yeah. yeah, and Ted helps him out. And they're like, oh, and through this whole thing, they hey, remember it's your special day, and they yep, <laughs> wink, wink. Mine and, too. Yep. So then they they end up going back to the battle. It's it's over. The battle is over, and. The JLI is unconscious. They're just out. And again, it was a weird thing where you, you get these ideas. Now, this week really pushed the, okay, you have to beat them into submission. Yeah. You, you don't have to kill them. Just knock them out. It seems like knocking them out does the trick. And Kingdom Come wins. And they have, like, they, they end the battle. It, it seemed like... um. It seemed weird how friendly they were afterwards. It's like, hey, you have to do what you got to do. Hey, it's a nice battle. Hope you, things work <laughs> out. You know, maybe See we'll talk later. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I'll send you a Christmas card. They go off. They go back to JLI headquarters, and there is uh, Ted Cord. He's like, oh, man, they didn't remember my birthday. And, you know, all of a sudden there's a wedding. Uh, these, bunch of, these bunch of jerks <laughs> who just got their heads knocked and didn't remember yeah, my birthday. Yeah, it's, it's funny, but yeah, it's so 16 Karen. I was like, oh, I guess they had a lot on their mind. Uh, I thought maybe they'd go to uh, to dinner with the bull hunks' uh, parents. <laughs> what was his name? What was the the guy? The... Uh, too cool. Yeah, no, you you're crazy. So they they go back and then uh, Booster goes into his room and there's a present. And it's from Booster Gold, correct? Yeah. Who's Jake Ryan? He didn't forget it's his birthday. It's Blue Beetle's birthday. It's Ted Kord's birthday. And he opens up this present, and this big picture falls down. There's confetti going around. So much nonsense. Right. Uh, it's supposed to be. I, what was this supposed to be? 
I don't know. See, that's the thing. I, I was looking at this, and am, am I supposed to think that our current booster gold from the new fifty two, who is trapped, right? Yes. Fo- follow me on this journey. Right? I'm I I'm with you on this journey. Okay. I'm trying now, to figure it out myself. Now we have that older booster gold, who was the father of Rip Hunter. Okay. Yes. Yep. Is that older booster gold the older version of the new fifty two, or is that the version of this zero hour? I don't. Now again, I think that the only thing that saves all this crazy thinking is that the Kingdom Come they they all have the same birthday. Yes. But why would he go to this one? Like, did he also go to the no, Kingdom I'm Come that, booster? For some reason, oh, no. This is the one from zero hour. Yeah, I'm oh, I know. I know that this is what it is. Yeah. It just seemed odd. It's very odd because I'm trying to figure out where Booster is and how he's, you know, I know he can, he's a time traveler, yeah. but how's he traveling outside of time? That's what I'm saying. He's, that, that this time travel doesn't do it for me. He's no. outside of time and space. He's moving through space and time uh, to give, you know, to me, I think that this Booster has a lot more important things to do. Shit's then happening. To go to Ted Cord and, and give them a selfie picture of them too, <laughs> uh, with their rabbit ears going. You know, it's a goofy bit. It just seems so odd. I I really expect now. Again, you got the idea that it was his birthday, correct? Yes. You're not. You're you're a dummy, but you're not that dumb. Right. So when they went back, I thought it was going to be one of those. Oh man, they don't remember me. Hey guys, I'm going to take a shower. He goes, takes a shower. Comes out and he says something like, hey, guys, I'm really sorry that we lost. And they, they all threw a party for him. Yeah. There's a party there. It's just the JLI. And they're like, hey, no matter what happens, uh, we all love you. Uh, we're a team. We lost. We might be dying tomorrow. But, man, let's just have a good time tonight uh, celebrating your party, uh, your birthday. And I think that would have been a good ending. The way that it ends is, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just, I don't understand it. And again, do I. Uh, Ron Mars uh, obviously went from the beginning with this issue to give a, a Ted Cord. This is a Ted Cord story. Which it's, is weird because we already have a Blue Beetle title, and this is more Blue Beetle than JLI. It's so, it's so much uh, Blue Beetle. Uh, but I like, I love Ted Cord. I love the yeah. Ted Cord Blue Beetle. I love Booster Gold. I love all this. This just seemed like an odd ending. Um, and again, I gave it a 7.5. So it's not like I hated it. This yeah. Before this last... Um, uh, Catwoman that I reviewed this morning, this was my favorite book of the week, uh, which shows you why I, I said I didn't really like the week, a 7-5, but I like the art. Yeah. I like, I like the little jokes between Blue Beetles. I like all that. Of that was the best part for me. But to me, it just the ending just kind of blew it for me and, and knocked it down. Uh, yeah. yeah. Other than that, I, I don't know what else really to say about it because it just it ended up so odd. And then I, I just think of, like, he's there – He's like, oh, that booster. And as he's saying it, he's starting to dissolve because the city lost. Yeah, I was just like, <laughs> no. that's, the worst part, that's the worst part about Zero Hour because we get the idea everybody's fucking losing. This yeah, city but, is done. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and the other thing that makes me laugh about it is um, so there's as he's dying, Booster's like yelling, or not Booster, uh, Blue Beetle's yelling, Ted Cord's, Booster, why didn't you come back and get me? Why did you just leave a poster? <laughs> is this like Le- Left Behind Five with yes, Kurt Cameron? It is. It's with Kurt Cameron. Uh, what's your next book? Oh, shit. My next book is Green Arrow, uh, Convergence Green Arrow, number two. Yes. Written by Christy Marks with art by Rags Morales, Claude St. Alban, and Nye Ruffino. Nye Ruffino. I'll go with Nye. Uh, Nye? I don't Nye? know. We're, we're terrible. The nice you say Nye. Again, earlier the guy complained that, uh, what he hated the most about, um, I think it was, um, uh, Joel said what he hates the most about, um, 
Dan with his names is that he just keeps repeating them and we do it all podcast constantly. Uh, Joel must hate us too. Green Arrow, uh, Joel, don't hate us. Green Arrow continues his romp into fatherhood in a big way. This issue is he's introduced to his alternative wife and daughter of the Kingdom Come, Dinah Lance and Olivia Queen. Too bad that they're on the make they're on a makeshift floating metropolis that is their battle arena. It's also too bad that we see Connor and Olivia, um, Oliver. Spanked hard by their not family, and we see another issue where Zero Hour Metropolis loses, and where we should have had a ton of feels in this issue, we had none. None, Jim. None. I had a couple feels. You know what my feels were? I laughed, because there are some really odd moments in this issue. I I don't understand. We we jump in right away, because at the end of the last issue, Green Arrow and Connor are transported to this empty Metropolis, and and then we get in this, we jump into this. And we see that Olivia and Dinah are as well from their Kingdom Come city. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're transported to this empty metropolis, which they find out has just been built for some reason as a, a battleground that only they're using that's floating above the ground. Yeah. It's very odd. Yeah, rules. Exactly, rules. But the problem I had, I'm okay with all of that. The problem I had is everybody's fine with their situation right away. They see a younger version of their husband, older version of Dinah Lance, you know, hey, you're my dad. Olivia just starts calling Green Arrow dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I have a big issue with this. <laughs> Oliver, are we, is he the hero of this book, Oliver? I would well, I guess so. It's Green Arrow, right? Can, yeah. they, can Christy Marks make him worse? <laughs> First off, he, it's like, Dinah? Boy, you look mature. <laughs> so <laughs> awful. He just every time Oliver opens his mouth in this issue, he puts his foot in it. It's the worst. First off, he's a deadbeat dad. He's awful, and yes. he continues being awful. I'm telling you, he's like, but I'm okay like, with You're that. Dinah, you are old. Oh <laughs> my god. And then the whole thing with Connor and um, and uh, Olivia. Yeah. They're like, oh, hey, Olivia goes, Connor, you're my brother. Mom, you got some splaining to do. And it came off very racist to me. <laughs> it's like, what have you been doing, Mom? We, I have a black brother? It, sound, it seems so much. And then they're like, no, you're, on, you're only, what did they say, half-sister? Yeah, something like that. Something, uh, oh, you're my half-sister. And then they look at each other like the half-sister. Ooh, that seems uh, legal. They look very odd. But she's like, I'm good with that. Too bad we're not on a floating West Virginia. Yeah, really. Freaking, why aren't we in Mississippi? Oh, it do, seems do, so, Wait, do we have listeners in Mississippi and Virginia, West Virginia? Yes, we have both. Oh, shit. I, I think it might be <laughs> one person in each. The way All right, good. Let's go. But yeah, there goes they're, that. they're either offended or think that's the funniest thing ever. <laughs> I don't know that. Uh, so I, but the problem with this, though, is like I wanted there to be this big, like, emotional issue. Like, you know, I am a sad sack with daddy issues. I expected to weep in this book. Man. But all we got was these two coming together. Hey, let's check out the city. And then the freaking, you know, you must fight or your city will be destroyed. And then they fight. Yep. And then Oliver and Connor lose pretty much instantly. Yeah, yeah. They, they, get the, they get stomped. And the only emotion that's felt is so... I, I'm trying to think of the word. It's it's convoluted in a way. They're, everybody's teleported back. Oliver and um, and Connor wake up. Well, I guess we're home. But anywhere my son is, is home. I'm like, you just met this kid an hour yeah. ago, you fuck. And then he's like, listen, I got to go get a pack of smokes. Yeah, I'll, I'll, see, in a, I'll, I'll be see you in a minute, champ. I'll be back in 25 years. Suck <laughs> up. Uh, the other thing that we didn't mention too, or you may have, but I, is when all of a sudden they decide not to fight. And Telos personally tells them. He, yeah. he broadcasts just to them, you will take up the challenge. 
Two cities refused to accept the challenge. They were found unworthy to exist. They be- I'm like, what is going on? This has never happened in any of the other books. He's really taking personal interest in this fight. Yeah. And uh, I really think that he's just laughing about how much of a deadbeat Oliver is. That's all this fight's <laughs> set up to be. And then uh, the other thing, they go. <laughs> I just realized Telos is Mari. Yes. Trying to get yeah. this family to st- Oliver, back you are the father. Oh, no. my goodness. Uh, even when they, they end up on the top of that building, I'm like, what is going on? Yeah. Uh, there, there's a lot of weird things in this. I one. really like the first issue, but this just, it doesn't hit any marks that I expected it to. Didn't it hit a Christie marks? Ooh. The issue where I went there? You know what I did like? I laughed a bit when they say, when they, they're on top of that crazy building. Yeah. Like, oh, no. And, and uh, Dinah's like, don't you say we're not in Kansas anymore. And I'm like, thank you, Christy, because that has been the, the line throughout this whole event. And I'm so sick of it. So I'm like, I, I like that. But, yeah, other than that, I really just thought that uh, there was too many rule changes. Like you said, it wasn't enough of a um, – the personal story with that whole um, – that racist gang. and yeah. the, the, the whole white supremacist stuff inside the, um, the dome. Uh, that kind of was just – Pushed aside, really, and well, I'm we, saying, we had to for this. We had to get yeah. the big fight. But I know, I, but again, why set that up if you can't, if you don't have the time to explore it? Yeah, and I guess. Just all it was a lot of issues. Yeah, but all all that was they had to get a reason why. I don't know. Did they think that? Did Christie think that Oliver was racist, and you had to get him to pit against that? To it was just an odd thing to throw in. Um, but I think that. Uh, I think Olivia was a bit racist when she yelled at Dinah. Well, you got some explaining to do, Mom. Why do I have a black brother? Ooh. And then they, ooh, she turns the camera and it freezes with a crazy freaking expression. I don't know what was going on. <laughs> what did you give this issue? I, I enjoyed the art, though, and that's why I gave this issue a 6.5, uh, 6.5 out of 10. Because the battles were cool, but the heart just wasn't there. Yeah, I, I probably would have given it around a 6 around there because yeah it really again it ended i thought it was kind of more funny about oliver than actually uh heartfelt issue that i thought it was going to be i really thought that um it was going to be more about oliver kind of accepting his fatherhood and uh, things like well, that well, a little he, more he did, but, he did, but it, yeah, that's what i'm saying I, I thought that it would make more sense it, it didn't and they lost zero yeah. hour is the big loser of this whole event sure is and you'll see they'll end up somehow winning i don't know I don't know how. Uh, my next issue, actually, Zero Hour wins. But at what cost, Eric? At what, what cost, cost? <laughs> Convergence Aquaman number two, written by Tony Bedard with art by Cliff Richards. Tony Bedard continues his love letter to Deathblow fans, all three of them. This issue involves a fight that rivals Rowdy, Rowdy Roddy Piper and Keith David and They Live. And while it started off fun, it ended as a bloody mess. Seriously, Aquaman looked like he just walked off the set of Carrie at the end. Luckily for Metropolis, blood is not only thicker than water, Eric, but a very good substitute for it as well. But it's as thick as seawater. Tony Bedard may have had the deck stacked against him, but he managed to dish out a killer death (laughs) blow. Boom. Boom. What do you think of that? Yeah, this... um. This is a weird – if I have to say that this issue or this event has a guilty pleasure, this is it for me. Really? I, I have not rated these books. I have not given them great reviews. I am not going to tell you these are 9 out of 10s. I have enjoyed them though. Despite what is going on in it, they, they have a charm I think to me. They have a – uh, 90s, 90s feel that they're supposed to have. This is actually yeah. one of the books, this is one of the few books I think of this week besides possibly um, the Superboy. 
right. that you get the idea that these characters are plucked right out of the 90s. Because yeah. Deathblow, if they're if he isn't nineties for you, I mean he's calling Oliver or Oliver, he's calling Arthur fish sticks. He's got his uh, crazy thing. It's just nuts. Um, basically, this issue is them fighting, correct? Oh yeah, the that's whole all it is. Thing. They're fighting. There's a little twist and turns. Um, you find out that Arthur's friends, uh, Aquaman's friends, were not really that hip on him being in Star Labs. They have set up some protocols, but that's exact. I'm telling you, that fits right in with everything. Uh, I don't know why they didn't get rid of that protocol. It's funny too. What would you call it? What happens is they make the they basically turn up the heat. Yeah, I think that's a. I really wish that instead of death blow on the computer, he just went up to the thermostat. (laughs) <laughs> 110 see what he deals with that That's and, then all it off, and then rips it off the yeah, wall and then so rips it can't... off and he can't do anything or actually it has a lock and he puts the thing in and uh arthur can't figure out the code oh but yeah any, any of y'all know how to pick a combination lock <laughs> that'd be so good um you know what i didn't like about it and uh, people uh, i'm sure you're going to tell me that you did i didn't like the art i didn't like the art the first issue i really I don't mind the art i don't like cliff richards art i don't know what it is i i can't explain fully um what it is it's just when i look at it i don't like it I, it seems a little um you were complaining all week i know yeah, I, I i again it's really hard for me to even say why i just when i see it i don't like it he's going to be on one of the books in june I believe it is Lobo, and it's this art style, and I'm, I'm telling you, I'm not a big fan. Um, but in the end, uh, it gets a little hokey. You have Deathblow and Aquaman fighting, and at the end, it's one of those where the heat is on, Eric. The heat is on. The heat is on. The heat is on. And by the end, he's got to figure out a way. He's dehydrating. He's losing. The streets. So they come up with the they, – um, they tell – hey, blood is just like seawater. Go to it. And he just stabs the hell out of Deathblow. Now, where I think that this gets even more hokey is they had to tell you beforehand that Deathblow pretty much can't die. Yes. So that allows Aquaman to, to stab him in the worst places Go to town. and still be a hero. I, did, I thought that was forced. <laughs> I thought it was like, okay, I get it. You know, he, you're going to need to have him do that. But again, they're fighting. It, it lasts forever. And in the end, Aquaman lives... He wins the battle, correct? Yes. He wins the day and then just walks off like a badass. <laughs> and that's it. That's basically the whole issue. And I, again, I said it was a guilty pleasure of mine um, because it was just a 90s action movie battle. That's all you got. That's what I expected. He is filled with blood. He walks off to fight in Convergence number seven. <laughs> the other thing, when you're reading it, did you get the uh, deal where that one guy kept his shirt all these superhero shirts in the background? No, there was a I, flash. I saw the there was flash a Green one. Lantern. I only, saw, I only noticed the flash to one. To me, it, it made it goofy. I didn't uh, like it. This whole issue to me felt really forced, and I really dug the whole over-the-top 90s characterization yeah, yeah. of Deathblow, but it's just the situations I could not get behind. Well, like, like I said, I, I agree. They kind of set up the uh, situation, and then it happens. Even at the beginning, they out of nowhere, they're like, hey, we, we locked down the facility. Do you think we forgot anything? Well, when I was fighting the lava men, they came through the, the, the sewage area. Oh, my God, we, it happens right away. Yeah. He mentions that, and out of nowhere, they have a breach in the uh, the bathrooms below. Yeah. It's like, okay, we set that up. Now let's go with it. It's not even foreshadowing because it happens immediately. But the problem is, it's like it's not only that. It's like 
Deathstroke has the upper hand. Then Aquaman opens up this cooling system. He gets all wet. He becomes yeah. stronger. And then Deathblow turns up the heat with this protocol. Yep. And then we have this whole thing where, like, hey, blood is just like seawater. <laughs> and then he just, like, that was so Death, funny. Deathblow is about to win. And for some, some reason, Aquaman gets his strength immediately yeah. back. The freaking and stab out of there, yeah, now he's stabbing him in every major artery. Like, why, saying, really, Death why didn't he do that before? Deathblow is about to win. Why, yeah. Exactly. Why did he not do this before yeah. if that was all it took? Yep. And it wasn't like they're like, we just, how, this would have made more sense to me. They're fighting. Yeah, Aquaman's like, I can't, like, Deathblow says to Aquaman, yeah, you know why you're going to lose? Because you can't take the extra step. You think you're a hero. Then in the meantime, the um, Star Labs guys find the, um, somehow they find out about Deathblow. And they, hey, Arthur, Aquaman. He can't die. Go to town. And like, All right. And then he goes and that ha- it, the way like you're saying it happens, it ends up being nonsense because he could have done this all along. Exactly. He could have just beaten the living shit out of him and ripped his head. He could have cut his head off. He doesn't. He just kind of runs around from him. He runs away half the yeah. issue. And, yeah, like I said, I like it as a guilty pleasure. I'm not saying it's a great issue. Yeah. It's just a back-and-forth power struggle, it seems yeah. like, until Aquaman finally gets the upper hand mm-hmm. and wins. And this is one of the few issues where we see a, uh, a zero-hour city win. Yeah, yeah, and that's not going to be enough. Zero hours done. I gave it a 6.5 out of 10 Right, is what I gave it, and that's without liking the art much. Um, I didn't I just, mind it. Again, like I said, it was a guilty pleasure for me. I actually was looking forward to reading it and seeing what happens with Deathblow. And I found out, and it was a little forced, like you said, but I'll go with it. But the next issue I didn't like. Oh, jeez. Jesus Christ, man, calm down. I thought you were done with it. Why? I don't know. I thought I didn't Uh, think you had much to say. um, I'm saying the only problem I had with the art was in the first issue while Aquaman was in the shower. Oh, yeah, you didn't like that shower scene. That's funny, because usually you do. I love men in the shower. But besides for that, I really didn't mind the art the way you did. I don't know. It's it's like I said. It's this weird um, kind of thing. The way I know I can't explain it. It's also it, it might also be the colors combined with the art, but right. it's also I think that um, Cliff Richards does his own inking. Okay. Uh, from what I looked, I think that's what I found, and I think that he's very heavy on the inks as well. It's like everything has a shadow to it that makes it seem uh, almost like a little. I don't know, not watercolor, but I, I just I can't explain it. I really can't. I, I don't. I have not liked Cliff Richards' art since we started this this site right. and this podcast. I'm just not a big fan of his, and maybe that's just it. His style just rubs me the wrong way. Yeah. All right, and your next book I was not a fan of. Yeah, me neither. Mm. Convergence, Batman: Shadow of the Bat, number two, written by Larry Hammer, with art by Rick Lenardi, Dan Green, and Elmer Santos. You know what we have here, Jim? What? Undersea's three. <laughs> it is. But, but uh, instead of a instead of a tubby Steven Seagal, we get Batman and Azrael on a battleship taking on the Wetworks team. And the only thing they contributed to a little background on who they are is them telling us over and over again that the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. Yeah, they or say the, that a lot. Or the one. Ooh. <laughs> and besides for that, and a couple of mentions with their, about their symbiote suits being the source of their power. We get no background at all on them. And after a little bit of fun with Batman and Azrael setting up traps and ambushes Home Alone style, taking out the team one by one, we end with both parties teaming up to take on Telos. There's not much to say about this book, except the fact that I liked this better than the first uh, last month's issue. Well, 
I was going to say, uh, you're almost on your own this one because I really don't have much to say about it except that I don't know who these Wetworks guys really are. I don't really care. Uh, no, neither do I. This issue bored the hell out of me. I really I don't know anybody who could like it. Yeah, Again, you're the target audience. This was the book that one of the main books that you were I looking know. forward to. This and probably Superboy. Were the big uh, ones for you, and, and maybe Parallax. And Parallax yeah, yeah, the Parallax one. The, these were yours. I'm not just talking this week either. I'm talking the whole event. You were so pumped for these. And you, I remember we were going down, and I kept forgetting. And we're going, oh, list, and I'm, oh, let's see how many reviews we have this week. And we're trying to coordinate this whole thing. Yeah. And I kept saying to you, oh, what's Shadow of the Batman? That's Azrael Batman. That's mine. <laughs> and you'd get so angry, not angry, but you'd be like, that's mine. I called that. And I'm like, yeah, Ooh. you can have it. I don't care. But boy, I am glad you called that because that, yeah. that was a, it's a miss. It really is, like I said, though, it's Batman and Azrael simply on a battleship while the Wetworks team decides, you know what, we're over-the-top 90s action soldiers, yeah. and we're going to take them out, the freaking, you know, and it's like, a, it's not even their action movie stars, no. they're direct-to-video well, action and, movie and, stars. And, and you know what's uh, worse <laughs> about that is that, yeah, they're not the Transformers, they're the Transmorphers. Exactly. I, I would have liked it a lot better if they were... 90s action stars if they acted a little more like it i couldn't get the idea of i'm reading this i'm like do i like them do i not and then you know what i ended up thinking at the end i didn't care yeah it's like this the only the, the thing i like the most i'm looking through it right now uh they're they go in a hangar at the one point and there's this cool looking sub in there yeah. that? that thing looked neat that, that shit that i'm looking at I'm, uh, i could care less about these guys one guy has a uh, like elongated man like plastic man powers yeah, or something. liquid I'm, metal yeah. yeah i'm like well i don't even know uh, and then there's a kid, and then it's just everything is a bunch of nonsense, and I just sorry. Uh, this is one. This is one of the problems I had. Is that where I would really like a um, a background? Oh yeah. like we had like yeah. in, in the last pa- like the last page. Yep. If you I want a history of Wetworks, to see what it. they were about and see what they're going on. But again, I thought that one of the main things about what this um, event was supposed to do is to give you the stories that you wanted to have end, and you wanted yeah. to do this. Did you care about the Wetworks? No, not at all. Oh, did you even think of them? That, that, I know they're just the villain, but this issue is more about them. Yeah. This is a Wetworks issue, and I don't want to know about them. I don't care. I'm saying, on top of not getting any background and this being like not a lot going on this issue, well, I'm sorry. I don't know if I, people will agree with me, but I like this one a lot better than the first issue yeah, of uh, yeah. Shadow of the Bat. But uh, I just lost my train of thought. But um, this is there's not a lot going on with Azrael or Batman. No. And wake like, we were talking before uh, about the stupidest lines. Batman's dialogue is fucking off yeah, in this he, goddamn he issue. Is so off in this. Now, yeah. we want to play a game for a second. For you at home to decide, what is the stupidest line here? Jim, no, what is your line you no, have? You are going to win. I'm going to say this. But my line is just so ridiculous because it's in the middle of a fight. Yes. They're, they're fighting. Batman swoops in to hit the guys. They're about to. They're going to shoot a kid. That's right. at the beginning. They're going to shoot Azrael. And, they, and Batman hits and he goes, you should know better than to use surveillance optics without lens hoods. I'm like, well, who says that in the middle of a fight? Yeah, you have a ridiculous line, but at least it's, it's not a Batman line. I'm getting, you tell your line. I think my line takes place right after yours because it's, while they're fight, he's fighting the Wetworks team, Batman. He's like, 
I've punched more people than you've kissed. Yeah, it's it's like that'd be funny if they like start comparing notes. Like, wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa! I, I kissed a lot of ladies, but I was in uh, the navy, buddy. Yeah, hey. <laughs> we had a lot of shore leave, Batman. And like, yeah, but I punched a lot of people. Well, let's sit down. They're like this. Well, back then, when I went to you know, when I yeah. was in France. <laughs> I don't know, man. Seems odd. I just like I said, my line that I had about the it's, you know you should know better than the user, but it seems so odd. It's like they had to stop and think about it. Like, you know what? He's right. Wait, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's our our bad. <laughs> just odd. Uh, this whole issue seemed odd. I I don't know what they were getting at. Uh, I don't know either. Uh, when then, what's that? I'm saying at the end though, even it's that Batman, like you know, Batman wants to be the guy. Like we don't need to fight; we need to work together. Mm-hmm. And even at, they took out all these Wetworks guys, and finally it's Azrael with a goddamn hand grenade ready to go. Hey, you guys, you fucks over there, you're gonna listen to what we have to say. Yeah. All right, we're gonna yeah. work together to take this fight to Telos. Yep. Yeah, I'm, I'm good with that. Okay, you guys, we're with you guys now. But uh, you didn't like the great ending. What the fuck? With, with, with I Azrael. have no words, and then the girl, the the little boy goes, I do. Hero, <laughs> I'm like bravo. It's not only that; it's, it's very out of character for Azrael in my mind because he's a guy who's all about the violence and the fighting and taking the fight to the person. Yeah. He's like, you know what, you guys go. I'm going to stay here and protect San Diego. Funny is as as the uh, Wetworks guys because they're walking off at that point, uh, and he just runs over and stabs them all in the back, and then the kid <laughs> goes, "Now I have another word: serial killer." <laughs> That's two words, buddy. And, and then, then he stabs the kid. And then Batman punches him, and then somebody kisses another person, and then it's over. Yeah, then Asriel kills the kid. I have one word, dead. But I, I did not like this issue. The art was way better in my mind, but it was not a very good issue. It's not what I wanted it to be at all. No, the art was okay. Uh, I believe this had a different artist. This, this Yes, it did. Uh, yeah, that's, that was an odd thing, too. But yeah, I liked the art. I, I didn't it, mind it. It's weird, though, too, because I, for some reason I skipped right over this. Um, in the first issue, it was nothing about conversion. It was about the year in the Dome where Bruce Wayne and Jean-Paul Valley decided they're going to infiltrate Tobias Whale's gang to try to yeah. stop this whole – and that's the entire story we get. Here we jumped – like I don't even know how far ahead in time. I know. So they're already in – for some reason, they're all in San Diego now even though we were in Metropolis last issue. Well, again, I, I think this is one of those where um, there's like a missing issue. There's a middle issue that we exactly. didn't get and I don't know that I want to get it. No, but I gave this a 4.8 out of 10. Yeah, I, I think I would have given it a 2 or a 3. That's yeah. how much I didn't like it. I really didn't like it. Well, I'm saying I gave the first issue less than that, but I liked this more. Yeah, yeah, you painted yourself in the corner, my friend. Exactly. <laughs> Just like me with that Superman. <laughs> uh, here's a corner that I'm painting myself out of. All right. Convergence Catwoman. How do you paint yourself out of a corner? You get out the turpentine. Oh, you get right. out the paint thinner. Fair and enough. you start painting yourself. Actually, you just stand there until it okay. dries and you walk away. Okay, okay. Uh, this is Convergence. Patience, yeah. patience. Uh, time wins all, Eric. Yes. It wins over us all. <laughs> Convergence Catwoman number two, written by Justin Gray, art by Ron Randall, and Gabe Altaev. Whew, Eric. You know, who I, you know what writer I like? Who's that? I like Justin Gray. I it, it really hurt me last last month that I didn't like that Catwoman issue. It hurt me enough to argue with you about 15 minutes about it, getting so angry on the podcast that you liked that issue. And I then wanted, the following Monday at work. I, yeah, I actually wanted to punch you. Yeah, people don't see that part. When we go into work the next day and I argue with you for about another two hours, screaming at you or cutting cardboard and screaming. All right, Justin Gray makes me eat my words by giving me my best-reviewed book of this week. 
While the scope of the book remains smaller than most, his portrayal of Catwoman was spot on. Watching her and Kingdom Come Batman join together to fight Bruno Mannheim and his inner gang goons was so satisfying. And then it ended, Eric. Catwoman paid the ultimate price for becoming a champion, and in the end, she was one of the biggest heroes of the event. Oh. You know what I wanted at the end? She should have just whispered to Batman, two more days to retirement. <laughs> and then it would have been, then I'd give it a 10. But, uh, yeah, I, I really like this issue. I told I'm you, man. I, I it's told killing you. me to say it. I hate when you're right. I like the first issue. I like this one even more. Yeah, I, I didn't like the last issue. I like this. And you know why? It's because Batman, now, it starts off a little odd. And I, I didn't really write notes on this one, um, but I'm just going to go up the. I'm going to go from the heart, Eric. Right, go heart. from the heart, baby. Starts off a little odd uh, to me, only because it's one of those where they start talking that, that you you get a lot of this, like, he doesn't look like my Batman, and she doesn't look like my... Uh, we're past that. Please, yeah. we've had enough of this. And again, maybe if you've only read one or two issues, that's not a big problem. To me, it, it came off... It, I don't like that anymore. I, we know this. It's we part know, of the formula. We know that Batman has the, you know, the armor and whatnot. But then when um, she ends up, what, she throws that EMP... And yeah. Batman gets knocked out of the sky, and she jumps on top of him. And then I'm telling you that, that then it took off for me. The shot, even up to then, I'm like, oh, here we go again. We, <laughs> it was so good because she he nailed Catwoman, and you know yeah. who else wants to nail Catwoman? <laughs> Jesus Christ! Don't Bat, ever do that Batman's again. Batman's gonna nail. <laughs> I can't do that very well. No, neither um, can I. So. Catwoman's but no, there. I liked it, though, because Batman throughout this did not trust this because, you know, he's used to his Catwoman who yeah. was just a villain. And uh, the, in, the, in the other side of the deal, I got the idea that Catwoman was looking for some guidance and some yeah. help because she's I think she's over her head. She doesn't want to admit it. She's blurdy and, you know, regular Catwoman. She's, Catwoman she's, yeah. she's not used to being this this hero and number one i think she wants some acceptance as being a hero she's trying to convince batman listen i am trying to do this but i think she also realized she needs a little help oh yeah and uh then they're supposed to fight each other uh, right yeah but then bruno Mannheim shows up and somehow this is one thing that threw me off somehow he has apocalyptian freaking well, that's, a, that's, a, on that's an old that's an old trope. Okay, the well, inner gang gets help from. They apocalypse. do. I'll see, that's a, that went right over my head. So that makes yeah. sense. But do you think that they would continue getting that while they were under the dome? No, I'm saying that this is probably something that he's had. You think though. that he had it? Why wouldn't he even want it before? I'm sure he it did. It's, he obvious. had the suit on. Okay, over you top. think that he's always had that? Okay, yeah. Well, him and him and Batman are fighting. Well, I said that I didn't know where he got it, so obviously I that went above my head. And again, I'm not going to apologize for that because no. I'm not very uh, into it. It didn't ruin anything for me. I thought it was odd. Uh, but do you think that he should go and get a refund? Because <laughs> that was Catwoman, the worst within ever. two seconds, exploits the the main flaw of it of the power source just being on the back. And it might as well. Up. I'm sorry, on his back, it might have well just been a big switch that said on and off, and yes. then switched it That's off. Nobody. So she knocks it out. They're beating, and but in the meantime. Batman gets his sexy, hairy chest exposed, and I was all for that. I thought that was funny, even though I didn't think that that part of the armor would do what it did, but I didn't no. care because it was so funny. And uh, he's running around bare-chested. It's funny because I would say to you, hey, you should read the Catwoman book because there's bare chest, and you would have run to it and then saw oh, yeah. hairy chest, and I would have laughed at you. That would have been a good joke. Um, but I'm telling you, I, I complained last month. That this Bruno Mannheim thing, so I'm glad that this all happened. Brought because it back, if it didn't, yep. like you said, they had um, the whale. 
right. in the uh, shadows about it kind of just disappears. This they brought it back. I I like it. So they do that. Then what happens next though is what I really really liked about it because it was one of the most. Um, what am I saying? Most um, accurate things that I think would happen in this convergence event. Catwoman's not going to fight Batman. They're, nope. they, they, so the people are going to do it for her. And they're pissed because they've heard what Tello said. She has to kill him. And they're like, screw you, Catwoman. I don't care if you've helped us. I don't want to die. So they take up arms. They're going to kill Batman. They're going to shoot him. Especially that bat- open chest. Yeah. It's a target. You see yeah. that open? Anybody gets angry at a hairy chest. <laughs> I, I have such a hairy chest. I even said in my review that, hey, that's, uh, you know, some hairy chested reviewers think that that's sexy. I didn't grow chest hair until I was 21. I, can't, I wish I didn't. It's the worst. But um, so they're gone. And then the earthquake happens. We didn't even mention that that much this, this week. I, don't, I look over. It's, just, fuck, it's yeah. just there. It does not do anything for all, any of All it does is it frames it within a time of exactly. the event. But then what happens is after that earthquake, all the issues go crazy with um, – the timing between that and Deimos' uh, speech. Exactly. So that's why that's I, I think it's nonsense. Yeah. yeah. So, I think, uh, so this earthquake happens. And it's weird because the, the guy ends up shooting, goes to shoot Batman. Selena jumps in front, takes the bullet. The guy seems to want to blame that on the earthquake a bit. Like, <laughs> could, no, he shot. He shot her. He's, oh, yeah. He's damned to hell. He's a murderer. And then all of a sudden, he's the champion, I guess. But the, yeah. it, it kind of ends with that, and it kind of ends with um, one of those where I would, I would expect it to have panned up uh, into the sky with Batman yelling, no! no. But it ends up with her just saying, please try to save my city. And, and, yeah. and Batman I really saying, like that. I'll, I'll do my best. And I'm that, telling you, I, I really liked it. So did I, and that's uh, why I find it so awful that we are shown the Kingdom Come characters working with Deimos. Yeah, and that's that what doesn't make title. sense because this Batman... Uh, all the Kingdom Come characters, they're yeah. still heroes. Yes, they had a, a awful time. Their, their time period and all that, but they're still who they were. Yeah. They're just older versions. And yes, you can say they're weary or you can say they're, they're, you know, they're jaded. This no doesn't make them you know, straight-up murders. And in the books, you don't see that. But yet in nope. the Convergence book, you see them standing behind there. Now, yeah. maybe, this, maybe they're going to be the guys who are the heroes in the end where they are, they're double agents. Maybe. They turn on everything, but yeah, um, I gave this an eight five, and it was my it was my favorite book of the week. I, I, I would have given it an eight five as well. Yeah, I'm surprised. I like the art a lot. Um, I told you last month I'm not a huge fan or even that much into the um, this version's Catwoman. It's my favorite. I I really liked it. I, yeah. I liked it a lot. I liked the way she acted. I liked how she was going back and forth. Like I said, she was flirty with Batman, but also she seemed vulnerable a bit. I really, yeah. Justin Gray really did a great job with her, and the story was very satisfying. Uh, at the end, all Catwoman wanted to be was a hero, and she was. You owe that man some chicken wings. Yeah, I do. Um, again, this is the one I said when we started tonight that um, – it was one of the few where I didn't like the first, and then I loved the second. So, yeah. And in my mind, because of this and how it tied into the last issue, I say that Cap- Convergence Catwoman was a success. So do I. I wish I would have gotten this book, actually. Yeah, well, you didn't. So there. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's it for the podcast. That's it for the books. All um, right. Again, with, there's all the uh, previews for the June books. We're going to try to do those in a special podcast, like we mentioned. So if anybody's Emergency still like, why, why didn't they talk about those? Because that's a big part. It, it, they, we were originally, remember, we were going to put them in with the books they were in. It just didn't seem right. It, it just, yeah. You know, they're their own entity, and we're going to talk about them uh, 
by themselves with some thoughts and all. Any other uh, final thoughts of this podcast that was marred with disconnections and broken mics and me uh, eating I'm mac surpri- and cheese? I'm surprised we got through the whole thing. I don't think no, we were no. really supposed to do this podcast. No, I don't either. It, it ended up a little odd. Yeah. And now it's late, and i got to edit this baby and then put it out there, and we'll see how it goes. But yeah, yeah other than that, uh, come to our site at weirdsciencedccomicsblog.blogspot.com where we try to review every book of the week, including most of the digital titles. Half of them? I don't know what the... I don't know anymore. Yeah, it's probably not even half, but I do Injustice. I do Arkham Knight auction. <laughs> uh, other than that, Dan threw in a Jiro Kawata bat manga this from week january. from january he did that and we got that we also have lists and jody does a thing on their fanboy theories we do our weird thoughts which again we'll probably put that up at the beginning of the week about what we thought of the previews so if you yep. want a little sneak peek of what we thought of the previews for june you can look at that i don't it still amazes me why people would even care about what we think but some people do I don't yeah. care what you think. I, 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 I look know, at those I weird thoughts and I just shake my head. And there go, there he goes. Here Dude, he goes. Half, half the things you talk about, I agree with what Eric said. Yeah, well, that, that's the funny thing because I had to wait for you to post everything. So I thought I had to react to the stuff. I agree with Eric because I'm a big dummy. <laughs> and I just want to get this done. <laughs> that's but like you... me like pressing the fast forward. <laughs> just read what Eric put and then say something else and make fun of Eric's eye patch. Boom. I have an eye patch. Yeah, you have an eye patch. But you yeah. can also find us on Facebook for uh, dot com forward slash weird science DC comics and you can like us there. Yeah, and come to Twitter at DC, Weird Science DC. Look us up on your internet search engines, Weird Science DC Comics. You'll find us if you can't remember the website because it's convoluted and crazy. <laughs> and we would love for everybody who listens to this, whatever service thing, whatever the – what do you call iTunes? Is that a service? Sure. Wherever people get the podcast, if they can leave a little review or some stars, uh, that would be great. Yeah, and make sure to go check out Stephen Copper's reviews because he's going to become a big star. Yeah, he's an internet star. Uh, he's a star of the internet and of the YouTubes. There's more <laughs> than one, I hear. Uh, yeah, so I don't think you'll hear Stephen Copper anytime soon. Hopefully no. next week the podcast goes a little smoother. We'll have it up earlier, but I don't think so because you have plans next week. I have gonna, a party next week. Yeah, time. we're going to have to record it either Friday or Sunday, probably Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, so what do we say at the end of every podcast, Eric? Everybody have a great week, and we'll see you in seven. See you in seven. Bye.